Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's good, baby? It's Damian Barling, one half of D-Lo and KC. And thank you so much for downloading the podcast here. We really appreciate it. And hopefully you're a subscriber of the podcast. That way you get every single episode, every single day, every single interview, every single clip, every single bit of King's News delivered right here to your mobile device. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Apple, Spotify, Google Play. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Stitcher or the Odyssey app. You'll get every single episode delivered right here to your mobile device. And if you're using one of the platforms that allow you to rate and review the show, please do, particularly on Apple Podcasts, as I know that's where most of you are listening from. If you could hit the five-star review, if you think we're worth it, it only takes a split second. And if you could leave a review, that would be great as well. The review's cool. Again, it only takes a couple of seconds to do that, but it literally takes just a split second to hit that five-star button, man. We really appreciate you for being here with us. Enjoy the show. You thought because it was Friday? You thought because it was a couple of days ago? You thought because they play tonight we wouldn't like the beans? Wait a minute! They do not know what Sacktown brings. When on the low, that's a Sacktown thing. Talking about us, it's a bounce out thing. Must they forgot we some Sacramento Kings. Whole squad going crazy, yeah, we back with it. Northern Cali going crazy, one sack winning. If you doubted us, then ain't no back spinning. This is real right here, ain't no catfishing. Uh, so tell me what you see now. See now. Coming down the lane off the rebound. Rebound. It's 916 now. Look toward the sky like the beam now. Tell them like the beam. Like hey. The- What's good, baby? Hope yeah, you had yeah. a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend. Welcome in here to the Monday, December 11th edition of Dealing with KC. I'm Damian Barling. The ultimate needle mover in God mode himself. He's Kenny Caraway. Yes, sir. Acknowledge me. And we are so happy that you are here with us. Quite a bit going on today. 
uh, as the Sacramento Kings get a victory uh, over the Phoenix Suns on Friday. Fourth quarter, Fox in full effect. Oh, man. Uh, and the San Francisco 49ers win their fifth straight. Well, you know, like I said, Mamba mentality. Job's not done. Um, it's, Job's it's not done. It's not done, but it may have been made a little bit easier by the Dallas Cowboys uh, who got a win against the Philadelphia Eagles shout last out, night. Shout out to those little fellas. Shout out to those little fellas getting it done. Good job, little fellas. Oh, they did. They got it done. And now the San Francisco 49ers sit atop the National Football Conference, and the road to the number one seed, as it stands right now, goes through San Francisco. Hey, man, just one aspect of what they're trying to do this year, and they they scrapped. They've been able to rebound from that could have been number one seed killing Mm -hmm. three-game stretch. Mm -hmm. But they were able to bounce back. They won the game. They really need to win in Philadelphia to give themselves an opportunity getting a little help along the way, and now they control their own destiny. So, you know, that's just one part of what they're trying to do. And they, and, and, indeed they do, and I'll, I'll, I'll repeat what I said last week. I don't think there's a letdown coming for this team. I don't think there's a, a, a letdown or a let up coming against Arizona or, or the football team. Like if they lose at any point over the course of the next four weeks – they're just going to lose a football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's going to be because they're not prepared. I don't think it's going to be because they they came in after an emotional win. Like I, that's that's not what this team is doing this year. They're they're locked in. They might get beat by the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They might get beat along the way by a Los Angeles Rams team who is just desperate, desperate, yeah. desperate. Like those are desperate things that could happen. Sneaky good. Yeah, they're not bad. Not bad team. They're 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 not bad. I mean, it took overtime and a. A very rare punt return for a touchdown. Uh, to that was to, crazy. That was, it was crazy, an incredible man. and absolutely incredible game uh, with with the Ravens and the Rams yesterday. But th- those are those are losses. Mm-hmm. Like those could be losses. I don't think those are letdowns. Letdowns not coming for this team. They're locked in on the pre-stated mission that you mm-hmm. just reiterated right there. It's it's Super Bowl and nothing else. Yeah, yeah I mean that's that's the. It, I hate to say it. No, that's the only thing that matters. You know, even I was talking to somebody last night after the um, after the Cowboys-Eagles game, and, you know, I have my statement about my tweet about, you know, Dak was cool. It was about above average yesterday. It wasn't anything to be like, damn, uh, MVP is his. He, he beat Philly. He was cool. Mm. He was cool. Mm. But the, the reality is, and people didn't like that I said that, the reality of the situation is <laughs> give him the MVP. <laughs> I don't care. Give it well, to Dak. I don't care. There's only one thing that I care about. I'm not. I don't care enough to argue back and forth with Dak Purdy or Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy and all this other stuff. Give it to Dak. Fine. If they want it so bad, if they think he deserves it so much, give it to Dak. I don't care. Okay. All I want is a Super Bowl, and I think that's the way this team maneuvers. And I'll tell you why. And this isn't meant to be meant to be shade. I just, I just recognized it. Mm-hmm. First and goal with the one, pass, 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 pass last night. That's not how the 49ers operate. First and goal with the one, it's going to McCaffrey, it's going to Debo, all this other stuff. Brock Purdy, your chance to throw throw a touchdown pass is over. We're not, And he don't worry about it. He ain't worried about his stats. He ain't worried about his numbers. This is what we do. This is best for what we got going on. Third, first and goal with the one last night with Dak, I think he had four throws. 
<laughs> Four throws, first and goal at the one. Mm-hmm. They, and like I said, he's he's having a tremendous season. He's doing a really good job. But that's how that's part of how those numbers be getting that way. Okay. And it's not and they they were they're clearly worried about it. McCarthy or whatever, if he wants to get it for him or anything, I'm not saying Dak is calling these plays by himself. Whoever's calling to play, the play, clearly they're they're aware of that and they're trying to get that done. And that's cool. Get him the give him the MVP. I don't give a damn. The only thing I worry about is hosting that uh that Super Bowl party that I'm gonna host. And then the parade. Is I'm anybody going to come to that party? Because you're not the most pleasant to watch football with. Well, you're not hosting if, the if, Super Bowl if, party. If we're, if we're, if we're, if we're winning, I'm a good time. I'm a good time if we're winning. Don't talk to me if we're losing. Well, that sounds like a pleasant environment. Speaking of. Um, Ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Shout out to my man, indeed. Shout out to my man, C.J. Stroud, man. He had a hell of a run, but uh, he 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 got taken out of last night's game, went into concussion protocol yesterday's game, excuse me. But it was a, a, a terrible performance against the New York Jets, and that's kind of where we are, uh, not only with the MVP, uh, but with my title belt. Like mm. it's, it, it, you, can, you can lose it, and C.J. had a great run. I think he's had a phenomenal season. Uh, he has shown that the Houston Texans are in really, really good hands. Uh, but that belt now sits over the shoulder, or around the waist, depending on if he's going eighty style or attitude era style <laughs> uh, with Brock Purdy. Style thirty-five hundred yards, uh, twenty-five touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, I went him over Dak Prescott. Mm. It's it's close, but it goes back to for me. This is my championship. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what. Dak did yesterday was impressive. And this probably needs to be a conversation had about the Eagles getting their ass beat two weeks in a row. We're going to have it. But Brock did it first, and y'all didn't think Brock could do it. Mm. Brock went out there and dissected them after a rocky first quarter and then just ate them up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Brock right now, he's my title holder, I think Brock right now is the MVP of this league. I don't know if he's going to win it. If both teams win out, I think Dak is going to win it. I think mm-hmm. that's what they want. Um, it's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. It's a good story. It also launches him into what will amount to be a pretty insane contract extension. Mm. Um, yeah. Brock, meanwhile, will be broke at the end of the year. <laughs> don't they have a roommate right now? Brock will. Brock can not afford to live in the Bay Area by himself. He probably has seven roommates <laughs> hey, with his salary. Hey, if he if he had Dak's contract, he might still need a roommate in the Bay my, Area. <laughs> my sister's an interior designer in the Bay Area. I don't know this for sure. She might make more money than Brock Purdy does <laughs> uh, as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, but he gets nothing out of this trophy other than the trophy. He's thinking nothing more than the trophy you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Brock's having a phenomenal season, so he gets my title right now. Ah, oh, man, he's he's playing tremendous. And then Trent Williams, he had a, a lengthy uh, answer to a question about Brock Purdy being the system quarterback and all this other stuff. It's three minutes long, so um, you don't Good need thing to I play. Four hours. <laughs> no, no need to necessarily play the whole thing. But he broke it down. He talked about how, you know. People talk about system quarterback, but they don't look at the throws. They talk about yak yards, but they don't talk about um, the the pinpoint precision 
of being able to put the ball where it's supposed to be so they can keep moving in stride you know and get am- those yaks. You know what's amazing about Dak is no one has ever, apparently, I guess by the discourse, I didn't know this, mm-hmm. no one's ever had yak yards until this year. Oh, yeah. That's never, it's just, I, <laughs> it's I, I did, happened. yo, shout out to Brock Purdy for, in the San Francisco 49ers for apparently revolutionizing football. <laughs> Change the game. Because yak has, I guess, has never been a thing until 2023. So salute to, to Brock and Kyle and, and, and the rest of the guys. Yeah, Change the game. Absolutely. Man, yeah. Yak, yak has uh, been invented. Amazing. By Kyle Shanahan Amazing. and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk and, and Brock Purdy. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, he, he talked about. Um, throwing guys open, you know, making high, high-level throws. And a lot of the times you, you get people, in the, and I like both of these people, but over the weekend I saw uh, Joy Taylor, uh, Ryan Clark. Who was the other one? It was Bart Scott uh, was the other one. They were like, yeah, you know, Brock can't be the MVP because when his guys were gone, he couldn't elevate his game to to bring victories to those guys, he he looked terrible. He threw five interceptions, two touchdowns, whatever, whatever, three touchdowns, whatever the case may be. And that just goes to show mm-hmm. that his production is because of those guys and all this other stuff. And I just think that's a um, a very lazy way. I'm not going to say uneducated because obviously Ryan Clark, he even forgot more football than I know. Same with Bart Scott and maybe Joy too. I don't know, but I'm showing them reverence because they played. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's just a lazy way of looking at things. They, I think, um, they talked about the stat that Brock has seven straight games of 70 plus 70 percent plus completion percentage. Mm-hmm. And there's another number in there well, as well. Well, the 49ers are on a five game winning streak. <laughs> so that tells me there's two games before that when you guys thought he was so awful and, and showed that. He's nothing without Dak and all, or excuse me, without uh, Debo and all this other stuff, where he was still playing at a high level. He had the turnovers in those games, which really, really hurt him. But he was still playing at a high level in that span when they were saying uh, he, he showed that he's not good enough, or he, he's he's just a product of the system. So, you know, Br- Brock is a is a he's a top flight franchise quarterback. This mm-hmm. is clear as day. Yep. And you ask me, I'm a 49ers fan. Would you want somebody other than Brock Purdy? Not, no, not in this system, not the way this thing is going because he fits perfectly with what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about as it pertains to uh, the San Francisco 49ers. We'll dive into all that. We will talk a lot about the Sacramento Kings uh, who got themselves a win on Friday night. Will Z is going to join us later on in the day. James Ham's going to uh, jump back here in the studio with us to get us ready for Tonight's game, mm. uh, they're back uh, in regular, regular season stuff. This is all the scheduled stuff that's on everybody's calendars, uh, and it's a back-to-back. It's Brooklyn tonight, and it's the Clippers in L.A. tomorrow. Uh, we've got you covered all the way through. We're happy that you're here with us. It's Thilo and KC, brought to you by Sky River Casino on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're going to get to the Kings win Friday night. And one, or excuse me, get to the Kings win Friday night in Phoenix uh, coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll stay with the 49ers. We'll stay with the NFL here uh, as we just kind of settle into this show. Phone lines are open if you want to talk. 916-909-1320. San Francisco 49ers win their fifth straight game. The Dallas Cowboys uh, win their fifth straight game. Impressive for Dallas. Like, they were never a home field advantage, at least not in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now they've reeled off fifth straight at home. They've been cooking yeah, they, at Jerry's World. Yeah, they they they, they really have. And that's not something that I ever thought was going to happen because that's such a big stadium. It's Dallas. It's the mm. Cowboys. You're always going to get a, a, a sea of uh, yeah, well, of opposing I'm about to say, fans. it ain't going to happen at Allegiant. Oh, no. I, well, n- no. It's not – no, not when you're losing games 3-0. to zero, but It ain't going to happen at Allegiant. They're, they're going to they're come a time when people are like – and it, it's already happened. We're like, ah, Jerry's World, it's cool. You know, I went to mm-hmm. it. I haven't been there. But, like, people have been there. They've seen it. Jerry World been around 15, 20 years. Do I really need to go to uh, – it's, it's, uh, do I really need to go to Arlington? No, not interested. Oh, we play at Dallas? Uh, I've been to Arlington. I don't need to go to Arlington. Oh, we play the Raiders? Oh, we going to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forever. Damn. You seen him doing the skull chant? Yeah, that was the whole ooh. side of the stadium was that doing was the skull tough. chant. That was tough. That was but tough. to your original point, Dallas is cooking it at Jerry's World. Nah, they are, and 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 as much as you you know get your jokes off about you know good good for the good for the little fella, it does feel like it's the 49ers right now on top of the NFC. Then it's the Dallas Cowboys. Then it might be everybody else, like the Eagles. The Eagles' schedule, if you're an Eagles fan, you, you, you should feel good. You mm-hmm. probably don't feel great about the way that they're playing. The Lions lost to the – I had the quadruple – the Bears? The Lions lost to the Bears? Hey. And I'm supposed to t- – they lost to the Bears? I, I'm, I'm going I'm to tell you right now about the Lions. Um, they aren't out the woods of losing that division. Mm. Green Bay is creeping. Mm. And I don't mean Metro Boomin. They're creeping. It's a good record. And they got about as easy as the schedule left as there is in football. And uh, I see that Lions game against the the Cowboys as being a loss. So that's one. Mm. 
and then they've got to play two games against Minnesota. They're gonna have to beat both Minnesota both times mm. to to kind of close out this uh, close out this division. Else, Green Bay might sneak up and take it. That was a terrible loss yesterday for the Lions. Terrible. I always love looking at Nick Wagner's timeline uh, following 49ers games. He has uh, tremendous stats and tremendous numbers. Here's one. Brock Purdy is averaging 9.9 yards per attempt this season. That is by far the most through a team's first 13 games in NFL history with a minimum of 300 attempts. Randall Cunningham circa 1998 is second at 9.6. Now, I know what you're saying. Yak. All right, let's look at another Nick Wagner tweet here. It involves passing, as I stall for time, uh, percentage of pass attempts thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage. Russell Wilson, 34% of his passes are... That's this season, right? That's this season, yes, yes, yes. Are... uh, at or behind the line of scrimmage. Mm. Let's skip. There's Justin Fields, Joe Burrow. Tua Tagovailoa, Low, Patrick Mahomes. They're tied. 29.2% of their passes are at or behind the line of scrimmage. Brock Purdy, 20.4%. Mm. So those numbers, Russell Wilson, that's good for number one. Like he throws the most mm. at or behind the line of scrimmage. Tua and Patrick Mahomes, they're tied for fourth. Brock Purdy's 29th. Mm. Mm. <laughs> this guy, he's pushing the just, ball down the field, just man. Sharing, just sharing numbers. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> he's pushing the ball down the field. Just sharing numbers. And I believe the numbers that uh, Nick put out last week was, in terms of Yak, the 49ers don't lead the league. Oh, told you, I know I heard last night, the, um, and this was he was everyone's number one candidate. For a long time, uh, Jalen Hurts I'm talking about here. He was everyone's number one candidate until the last two weeks. You know who leads the league in yak? A.J. Brown. Mm. <laughs> A.J. Brown had the most yak yards in the league. Mm. But don't nobody talk about it then. So I actually think, to be honest with you, I actually think Brock Purdy's going to win the MVP. Oh, I, I take that back. They might give it to Tua. They might give it to Tua. They might. They might give it to Tyreek Hill. I don't think so. But it's either. I think it's going to become a two-man race between Tua and Purdy. And the reason why I say that is, uh, I don't think the Cowboys are winning out. And don't don't call me a hater because I said for three it's weeks they were about to beat Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to lose to Buffalo next week, and they're going to lose to Miami. There's a. It was sort of surprising, to me. How many people picked Dallas? Like, I thought it was something that all of us picked Dallas. Mm. Like like you said, weeks ago, I thought Dallas was going to beat Philadelphia. I was a little more surprised when I turned on Sunday Night Football and saw all of those guys on television pick the Cowboys to beat the Eagles. Mm. And it just it made me post, like, what the hell are the Eagles? Like, y'all, like, like wait a minute, y'all made them out to be the class of the, the NFL. Now no one's got them beating... The Dallas Cowboys? The Eagles are a good team, but that game was weird yesterday because there was no point where that team was on the same page. That mm-hmm. was just the Didn't jumbled like mess, it. the whole game where they were kind of just going through the motions. Like I don't know if it's something where we all just kind of saw it coming or they have issues, but they just they didn't look right at all. Like when They didn't look 
they, they didn't look like a top team in the NFC yesterday. Well, one of the things that I talked about on the handoff, I want to hear what both of you guys got to say about this, is I think I, I'm not I'm not at the point where I called the Eagles finish. I'm not at the point yet. I'm this close, though. I'm this close. Because they're in in what regard? They're not winning the NFC. They're not winning the Super Bowl. I don't necessarily see that. I, I, I do see a world where they can win the NFC and get to the Super Bowl. I do see a world where they could win the Super Bowl. But it's, it's, it's way off in the distance right now. I can barely see it. Way, way, way off in the distance. And I'm going to tell you why. Because their issues aren't going to go away. They're not good on defense. In the same blueprint that I talked about on that Friday before the 49ers game of it, the 49ers can keep Brock Purdy upright and stand up to that pass rush. They will light the Eagles up. That's the same thing that happened last night. The, the, the Cowboys, for the most part, kept Dak Purdy upright, except for the one time he fumbled. Brock Purdy. <laughs> Did I say? Uh, you said Dak. Dak Purdy. That's, that's the third time I a, said Dak Purdy that's today. A, that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a unique uh, mutation <laughs> of the two right there. Dak Prescott. They, uh, they kept him up for the most part. He was able to deliver the passes that he needed to. And like you said, Jesse, that game wasn't ever really that close. And that's not going to change. The Eagles linebacking core isn't good enough. The Eagles secondary isn't good enough. Like, it's not good enough. I think if they played the Lions, they'd struggle against the Lions in a major way. Now, the Lions, you never know what you're getting. But I I don't know, man. I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't believe, especially if they got to go on the road, I don't believe the Eagles can beat the Cowboys or the 49ers. Well, there's a there's there's still a lot to figure out coming up. They've got Seattle, New York, the the Giants. Excuse me, they actually have the Giants twice with the Cardinals uh, in the middle on December 31st. But I I I don't want to. I don't know. I'm not feeling Philadelphia, and I don't know when I have been I'm trying to be fair though they you know they 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 did beat Buffalo Kansas City and Dallas over a three-week stretch if you stretch it to five you throw in the commanders but you got Miami in there too Mm -hmm. so there's some good football teams there but I just don't I don't get it right now and for them it's I thought they were going to lose to the Cowboys and that had a little bit more to do with the Cowboys than the Eagles from from my perspective Mm-hmm. 33 to 13 though and as jesse said like y'all didn't even put up like it's like you didn't even get your hands up you got punched three times before you knew you were in a fight mm. when dak fumbled that ball i thought oh okay this this could be it mm-hmm. it was in fact not it nothing happened after that nothing because I, I thought two th- boy if philadelphia scores this becomes a game boy dak is gonna get eaten up mm. can't do that yeah nothing none of that happened Absolutely none of it. I think and with, they just continue to get beat up. I think with Philly, two things can be true. I think they're still probably one. Like they're they're one of the best teams in the NFC right now. I think they're, they're better than Detroit. Yeah, they're one of the, the record, yeah they're, they're one of the better teams in the NFC right now. But they're also at a turning point where these issues I think are real, and I think we're going to find out exactly who Philly is coming up because, like you said, you, they came into with the Niners and Dallas got blown out the water, or whatever. And I think right now coming up, like you're going to see whether or not it's going to keep happening or they're going to turn around. My question with Philly and looking at them, everybody goes to a bet like. Uh, people talk about the uh, 
the 49ers went through their three-week stretch. Well, you can point that directly to their best players not being there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Philly, and and during that time, the Niners didn't look like a team that didn't belong on the field with teams. Mm-hmm. Like, they lost a couple of close games. Cincinnati got them by the widest margin, but that was a one-score game with, I think, with the ball in the fourth quarter for the, for uh, with, the, with the 49ers and the, and the Bengals. The Eagles are getting destroyed in two weeks. And well, where do they improve? Well, well con- concerning to me, because I like sometimes when you lose to a desperate Cincinnati team, like you, you, you lose to teams like that, like that's one thing. It's been the top teams in the league. Mm. In, certainly in your conference, arguably like the entire league in the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. You were at the top of that two mm. weeks ago. And now you're not. Now you're not in the conversation with those two. Now we went from having two tiers to having three. One that feels like it's San Francisco by themselves. For me, one that feels like it's Dallas by themselves. Mm. And then you could put Philly and Detroit and and, 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 and my boy Baker in the Bucks, division oh. leading. Oh, big Baker in the Bucks. Clutch. <laughs> Onions. <laughs> you could put them all in the same category right there. Yeah. But it's the it's the it's it's the Eagles and the Cowboys. Excuse me, it's the 49ers and the Cowboys right now. And the Eagles, you know, I, I see Leezy in the chat. He's down bad. Even even after <laughs> Le, Le, Leezy talked to every baddie in the venue on Friday, <laughs> he did. And the Eagles came along. Even the baddie was trying to perform, and Leezy was talking. Leezy Leezy was exchanging information with with one of the baddie uh, singers who was with Flo Rida. Exchange here, take my phone for getting Twitter, and, and you see how bad he's doing in the chat. Like sports can ruin your whole world. You talk to the you talk to the baddest girl in a five thousand seat venue, and you down bad two days later. Boy, it'd be like that, man. Boy, it'd be shout like out to that. our brother Leezy, Leezy Hefner over there. The the one thing I will say, um, in defense of the Eagles, is they did turn the ball over three times in Cowboy territory yesterday. So. If I'm an Eagles fan, I say if we take care of the football, you know, maybe that game is different. Mm. Maybe it's different. Maybe I mean at the very least you get Yeah, but turning nine the ball points. over is concerning though. No, it is, but I mean sometimes I'm a believer that sometimes turning the ball over is just like there's no exact science to it. Mm-hmm. For the most part, AJ Brown always that might be his first fumble of the year. You know what I mean? Like, he secures the football. Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, has had problems fumbling the ball. That's more of a pattern as opposed to um, just a random happenstance. So I would I, I would say if we take care of the football, at the very least, we're getting nine more points, if not scoring touchdowns, on three different drives there. And like I said, maybe I'm grasping at straws if I'm an Eagles fan, but that's that's how I'm looking at it. That's what I'm – I'm taking away. Well, from at this that. point, that might be what you have to do: mm. grasp at straws, because mm. these last two weeks have probably not left you with with much more, or the ability to do much more than that. And then you keep looking at the way that the San Francisco 49ers are playing. You keep looking at the way that Dak that that Brock. See, now I'm doing what you did. <laughs> the way that Brock Purdy is playing with that 70 percent completion ratio. By the way, I think the numbers you were looking at. Seven straight games of seventy percent plus. He's fourth quarterback to do it. The record is eight, mm. and it's Joe's record, mm-hmm. and he's coming for that next week. 
against uh, Arizona. Arizona coming off a bye, the last bye of the, the year. So, Niners, people talk about that with the Niners. I think they've played, off the top of my head, off the top, you got the Browns came off a bye. I don't know about Minnesota. Cincinnati came off a bye. Joe came off a bye. They played Seattle off of uh, 10 days rest. Like, they talk about that with uh, who the Eagles are going to. And here's another team coming off a bye. Niners have dealt with that all year long. Unrelated. Shout out to Trevor Lawrence. Mm. I don't know how that dude played football this weekend. Yeah, that was crazy. I have no clue how that dude played football this weekend. Crazy. I mean, that's a lie. I do. I have an idea how he played football this weekend. Um you know, he did he did everything to try to help his team uh get the dub, but the legend that is Joe Flacco just, <laughs> just yeah, continues you guys, to grow. You guys owe Joe Flacco an apology. That's not happening. You do. No. Joe's you owe, like no. Joe's, apology. Joe's dangerous not, because he's just out there with nothing yeah. to lose. Like, I'm just playing football. I'm Joe's, gonna throw this football down here. Like, what are you guys gonna say? Joe's I'll just go just, home then. Joe's just an old man throwing <laughs> the ball around the field. They're gonna make playoffs too because of it. He's 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 like he's like when uh, what was his name? Cap Rooney. Who who was, was that, who was, was the that starter? Given Sunday. Yeah, who was the starter? It, it was, was Cap, Cap Rooney, yeah. right? Yeah, he's just Cap Rooney out there. Just I got it. Just chugging the ball around. He tried to tell. I'm his an wife. old man. I got happy feet. Just he, chugging the ball. He around. He tried to tell his wife. I don't have it no, no more. No, she, she slapped. She him. wasn't having it. Slapped the hell out of him. Told that man he was gonna play football. <laughs> That man wanted to be the first Tony Romo, and his wife wouldn't let him. <laughs> Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson played good yesterday. Hell froze over, definitely. Bro, what? Yeah, that the, the, the Zach Wilson game is a little wild. A <laughs> little bit wild. That man for through He might have matched his uh, yearly total of yards yesterday with 301. Did you see what he told the Jets cornerback yesterday, DJ Reed, before the game? He's all, what are they going to do, bench me again? Should I go out there and play? Yeah. You know, hey, live your life. Just throwing the ball around. Live your life. What you got to do. That's how you got to look at now, it. Now, and now, now, Aaron's closer to coming back. Now that, now that, oh, oh, oh we might have. Well, he oh, went out. Might feel a little better. He went out. We can get in. Aaron Rodgers coming back is like Melo taking the shot, faking the shot on the sideline when he was um, <laughs> um all spectator. Yeah, that was all. This is what Aaron Rodgers is literally. <laughs> the doing whole crowd week. pops and like, nah, I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. Yeah, a weird day in the NFL yesterday for sure. Weird, weird day. Well, the weirdest, weirdest part was probably in Kansas City. Yeah, so we 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 could talk about that now. Um, I have never seen so much uproar over a call that, by all appearances, was a thousand percent accurate. It's clear as day. Like the man was like a full yard <laughs> off sides. <laughs> I didn't understand. Day. I thought. I thought. I I was I was like I thought Patrick Mahomes was yelling at the kid. I was like, "Yo, that's trash, bro." No, then they said he was yelling at the officials. That was and For what? And the 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 thing about it is he didn't stop. Like he just threw an incomplete pass on second and fifteen and was still yawning. Yeah. Threw another one on third and fifteen. He got in was his own still head. Yep. yep. Like the game was over mentally for the Chiefs once that play happened because their leader. Fell apart. He so, was complaining to Josh Allen after after the game oh, about that the play. Was, I would have told Dude, I, I, Dude, that's incredible. I, I'm, I'm, coming, I'm out on Pat Mahomes. Like, he's he's no, the best was, player in the league. He's one of the all-time games. I am out on Pat that Mahomes. That was a terrible look. 
that crying and whining the whole time, him. embarrassing. And then they they talking about him and uh, Andy Reid talking about well, yeah, usually they they give you a warning about that before they call it. Okay, so, well next time, let, uh, Debo, ne- just go line up in the secondary. So and they I, won't call. They'll be like, hey, next time, don't line up in the secondary. So All right. I I heard like a description uh, of that. That I because I didn't understand. I was like, how do you give someone a warning? And I guess with wide receivers, because they don't really Im- they don't impact what's happening at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. What some officials will do is, hey, eighty five, mm-hmm. eighty five, they'll do that, and like they don't do it. Like you don't see off offensive offsides very often, but like. If you're on the line, you're not getting a warning. You're getting a whistle because there's an advantage there. When you're kind of out of the play, mm-hmm. when you're when you're a receiver, I don't know why. <laughs> he just is this dude really lined up a foot, <laughs> a whole yeah, hey, uh, snap, oh, <laughs> flag, boy, sit down. We need to distribute our flags, by the way. Yeah, they yeah, just I'll, I'll bring them in, in at the break. Yeah, I need my I'm flag. I need my flag. Well, Mahomes, Mahomes after the game too. How do you call that on the last play of the game? Stop. It's competition. Bro. Competition, how do you do that? Oh, but I bet you he wasn't crying when they called a holding on the Eagles in the Super Bowl, right? On that tiki no, chat, right? Bro, he, he didn't have nothing illegal. to say in the, in, the, in the Jets game. How do you do that? <laughs> when, when we, I thought we were trying to let them decide the game. He didn't have nothing when you threw a pick and, and they, they didn't uh, call nothing in that game. Come on, man. I, Patrick Mahomes, I'm not going to let this be what defines him for me. But he's moving that way. Yeah, he's moving that yeah, way. That was <laughs> awful. The, the guy. Andy, why didn't you give me a warning? Andy, he was five <laughs> yards offside. What do you want me to do? That's incredible. And then, and then it's like usually, you know, we talk about these things. and It's like, oh, man, you know, it's, it's crazy that they, you know, stick a mic in their face when, you know, they haven't had time to process this and they got to go talk to me and process. Pat Mahomes was dressed in his Louis Vuitton finest like he had showered, done everything he needed to do. I'm sure, hell, two seconds after the play, it was on Twitter. Hell, Darius Slay went to uh, Twitter immediately after the game to to like a a comment about a bad P.I. call. Patrick Mahomes, somebody, somebody, the the media guy, somebody. Pat, before you go talk, here, just look at the play real quick. Just – I want you to see it. Actually, before Pat, you say anything. just look at this still shot. <laughs> just, look, just, just look just at look it before at you say anything, shot. and you can after that you can say what you feel you need to say. Andy, the, the guy, I was, I was so Andy reads by the way he, he reaction of wanting a warning was one of the funniest things I've ever well, heard in my life. And then his reporters after the game too. Yeah, Pat Mahomes went to three different reps. Got no like explanation for the call. Yeah, because he lined up offsides. Genius. What do you want to hear? He lined up offsides. Don't I thought, line up offsides. I thought the explanation of offside number seven. I thought that was a good enough of a description. <laughs> Bro, they showed it on the video you board. Need, you didn't see it. You needed further explanation outside of that one. <laughs> and Pat, and Pat, Embarrassed talk- uh, 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 Travis Kelsey in front of his girl. Oh, well. Oh, that's another thing. He's like, right. geez, after the game, Travis Kelsey trying to go to the Hall of Fame. Now we're not be able to play that. I hope they still do. <laughs> Pat, you know, Pat Mahomes, sh- shut up, bro. Like, what do you, like, he's being a diva, the biggest diva of them all right <laughs> now. What about the, what about the other one he had where he's like, seven years in the league and that's, that's never been called. Maybe that's the problem, Pat. I ain't never seen someone's maybe attitude in my maybe life. Maybe that's the problem that you guys have been in the league seven years and you ain't never had no offensive, uh, or no offsides called. You didn't got every call for seven years. Every single call. And the first time, second time actually, because last week was P.I., it goes against you. 
uh, now it's you know it's it's about football. I mean, not even just for us. It's about football and and competing. Pat, come on, bro. It it was worse. It got worse as the night went on. I got a lot of us against the league vibes yesterday, and you've been the you've been the darlings for the last five years. Let's not do that. The, the thought of playing a ra- playoff game on the road really got to him yesterday. <laughs> He's beside himself. Let's not do that against was, the world. There were strong Jackson Mahomes vibes last <laughs> night, man. Strong Jackson Mahomes vibes. It's like, ah, you've kept it under wraps for a few years, but, oh, it turns out it might run in the family. Come on, Patrick, don't do that. That was I – was, I was astonished by – how he behaved. Like I said, in the middle of the game, sure. sure I'll, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But I'll give you a pass. Sure. This guy was in his Louis Vuitton sweater having a good old time in a press conference an hour later and sounding even worse. Bro, after the game, they leave, and he's walking through the tunnel with his pads, holding his, hands, holding his pads, and the fans are out there. He's just, it's all mad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now come back. We are doing that again. Real quick. How was he walking? No, no, no. Show me how he was walking again. Hey, Pat Mahomes tested after. (laughs) Yo, if you're listening on 1320 AM on the Odyssey app, y'all going to want to go seek out that Patrick Mahomes walk. Put it side by side and see. It's the same video. We will. Dr. David, you know what to do. Uh, We'll come back. Let's talk Kings basketball. Kings get a dub. And they did it on the defensive end. Mm. We'll talk about that. I'll be damned. Lots of Kings basketball ahead. It's Steeler and KC brought to you by Sky River Casino on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Hey, shout out. I don't know if any of y'all went. I know Leezy went. Brandon Nunez, if he's listening. Shout out to everybody who came through to T-Pain and Flowrider, man. What, yeah, a, man. what a night we had on, on Friday, man. That was, it was a lot of fun. That was our first major KSFM show since we took over the afternoon drive spot over there back in uh, August. And, man, that was a lot of fun. That was good times, man. Yeah, that was, that a was lot good of times. Fun. Yeah. They put on a heck of a show, too. Flowrider... Uh, well, right, like he could be a power forward. <laughs> he's I mean, taller than I thought. Yeah, he is. And he's, 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 he's a big ripped. dude. He's a big dude. Uh, the rap world, hip hop world. He's he's not ripped. He's big. He took his shirt off. He's not ripped. He's not. He's ripped. a big dude. He's muscular. He's a big dude who enjoys his life. Yes, <laughs> he's a big dude. But they don't miss also, the gym. Probably with a night. I mean, couldn't. I mean, called guys, girls, everybody on stage was let some guy flub the crowd. The, let let the last let let some guy flub the last line of it's going down for real and just gave my man a big hug had his big crowning moment and he just completely missed it. Oh, it was tremendous. Complex was showing me some videos from the um to the show. It seemed like it was pretty crazy out there. Oh no, it was it was it was a black. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect the show to be that good. Like Flow Rider was nonstop, mm-hmm. and then T Pain like as much nonstop as Flow Rider was. T Pain was that times two. Yeah. And whatever your favorite T Pain song was, he did it. Mm-hmm. Even uh, "Low," which was a little bit weird because it was the <laughs> second time that that song was performed on Friday night, but it was fire. T Pain said, "I'm going on tour in 2024, sir. I will be there. Mm. Hey, I, I will absolutely be there. I want to see what that tour looking like. 100. percent Yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. I had a blast on Friday night. Absolute blast. Um. All right, let's talk Kings basketball. Actually, let's talk to TC first. Uh, 916-909-1320. TC, what's going on, baby? Yes, sir. What's up with my two brothers? What up, TC? Oh, man, just vibing, man. Just, you know, enjoying enjoying life, enjoying what's going on. The Kings going to take off. The boys finally finding themselves right now. We're going to take off. Uh, the Niners looked good yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Shannon didn't get in Brock Hardy way. <laughs> Stop, 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 Now listen, 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 Shannon, Shannon, you know, in his playbook, dialing up the right play, Debo looking possessed, really the whole offense, the offensive line, the defensive line, the team is loaded. Hey, like I said from day one, get it done, boys. There ain't no excuses. We stack right now, so get it done. If they don't get it done this year, it'll be, it'll be a disappointment. It would. So, so TC, you, 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 you are you are giving Kyle Shanahan credit. Kyle Shanahan was in his bag with the play caller, and how I'm gonna give Shanahan his credit is he's not getting the team's way. He's finally getting out of this. Hey, everything gotta be my way. He letting the team develop. He letting Brock Purdy develop. I'm gonna give him his flowers on that one. He ain't saying everything gotta be my way or the highway. TC he's getting out of the way, and I'm hey. I'm going to give him his credit, D-Love. Okay, let me just ask you this. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to ask you this. Is Kyle Shanahan a good coach? He's starting to turn. Listen, Shanahan is starting to be a good coach. I, I don't like a lot of things. Hey, well, hold on, listen. Give me a minute, Jesse. I don't like a lot of things that Shanahan did before with the quarterback position, but as far as him being a, working out to be a good coach, Shanahan is a good coach. I'm just not fine with how he handled that position, and y'all know how I feel about that. But as far as him being a good coach, dude's a good coach. So, so well, real quick, TC, essentially you're just talking about one situation with Lance, right? I mean, what else did he I'm do wrong? About 
I'm I'm talking about the land situation and, and Kenny, you gotta be real. Listen, with him how he's been going about the quarterback position, talking about I can just get any guy instead of getting a guy in here. Because he it's my system well, on the highway. I don't think and he, I can make anybody better. He had Jimmy Garoppolo for five years. <laughs> he had Jimmy for five, drafted Trey Lance. Maybe maybe against his better judgment. I don't think he wanted a Mac Jones, but I do believe they wanted Deshaun Watson until all that mm. stuff went down. I think they wanted Matthew Stafford. And Do you think, or, or maybe you know, did they pursue Deshaun after that stuff happened when no. he was a free agent? Or mm. he wasn't a free agent. Was that a tr- trade? It was a trade. That was, yeah, a trade. was a trade, okay. Um, I, I don't think so. Didn't it happen kind of like around the Stafford? I think it happened early, like when the Watson rumors were first starting to come out. And I think once once everything's starting to come out, um, the 49ers got kind of distanced from that. I think. Yeah, they mm. fell back. But mm. I think I think they. But they were in on him. Yeah, they were in, they were in on Watson. Um, he tra- he got Lance. And, so and this this we know for sure, as Aldrin J points out, they wanted Aaron Rodgers. Like all indications are, that was extremely close to happening. Yeah. The day of that. Well, Stafford Lance Stafford draft. as well thought he was coming here at one point, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rodgers thought he was coming there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that that morning, all indications were this this thing might happen. It kind of burned out pretty quick, but mm-hmm. it it was a feverish few hours for sure. But I don't think there's any issues no more. Brock is franchise. I Brock agree. is he's the quarterback for a, for a long time. I agree. He is franchise. Um, one uh, mm. one other thing about that, real quick, Debo Samuel. Man, what a playmaker! Mm-hmm. What a playmaker! This dude, he, he's he's a he's a game changer. And when you talk about, I remember after they lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship game, you know, I came on here. I was like, they either need a running back so Debo can be the playmaker wide receiver, or they need to get a big time wide receiver and uh, let Debo be the 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 running back, the wide back, whatever he is or whatever. Right? And I was talking, I was talking like, yeah. Go get Juju Smith Schuster or, or Melvin Gordon. I would like mm-hmm. those two. They did that with Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. And now What's they got name? Chris. Who? What's his name? Christian McCaffrey, CMC. Oh, okay. What'd I say? Well, no, you got you got it right. I was just, you called him something else at the Oh, uh, oh hey, on that first first play. <laughs> what was his that name on the first play? play? That first play he was looking like Chris John. Chris John McCaffrey. We 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 have a new name for Christian McCaffrey. Y'all are just gonna have to figure it out for yourself. But he be making them cuts, boy. Uh, <laughs> Turning to Chris John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they got it with. CMC. That's a wild. That's a wild. That's a wild way to start the game. Like how demoralizing is it? One play in. Oh, crap. Man. All this talk about Brock Purdy and what he can and can't do, and there goes Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> well, yeah, you imagine going into the game, Pete Carroll, all right, fellas, we're not going to let McCaffrey do all this. We're going to keep him in the box and all that. We're going right, to keep him stopped in first play, 74 yards. Mm, nasty. And, but Seattle, to their credit, they battled back after that. They, they played uh, the, the mm-hmm. 49ers tough. Mm-hmm. Um, As it seems like they always do. Yeah, they, the Pete Carroll had those guys ready to go. But thankfully, uh, Drew Locke and Pete Carroll forgot – DK McCaff or DK Metcalf was on the uh, team and yeah took advantage of that. DK Fred Warner didn't forget. <laughs> no, he didn't. 
they got into it. Lenore gave somebody an uppercut. That was uncalled for. Well, yeah. (laughs) The guy didn't even do nothing. If you wanted to give DK an uppercut, at least y'all have beef. They got some random guy gave him an uppercut. I think Lenore got pushed out the pile, then came back into the pile, got pushed (laughs) out again, then came back for thirds. Here's here's the play right here on on the screen. First, uh, DK Metcalf slams Warner. He didn't like that. Warner pushed him a little bit. Look, there's Lenore. He got pushed out. Now he's back in. Hey. Jumps in there. Oh, there's the uppercut. Oh. oh, can't do that. Yeah, that was a uh, that was that was stiff. Hey, shout out to uh, my boy Young Shanny. You know he's trying to put his bid in to be uh, best dressed in the coach in the league. I think he falls short of, of uh, McDaniel's, but you see what he was rocking. Yeah, I've had two people call me Mike McDaniel's in the last like week. Somebody um, else, Anthony had- Anthony A did. Uh, <laughs> Anthony A did. Somebody else asked me like. Does he get called Mike McDaniels often? Well, I do now. <laughs> I hadn't before, but I did at Bar West <laughs> by your new BFF that we met that day. Shout out. And um, <laughs> forgot his and name. An- Anthony out. A. Yeah, Anthony A. said, oh, you look like uh, Mike McDaniels. Cool. I mean, he is the best dress coach in the league. I was just saying. I Kyle, didn't see what Shanahan had Kyle, on yesterday. Kyle, Kyle was, you know, he just had the regular, you know. A little Shanahan needs to, he needs to stumble back. Yeah, I like he him with the stubble. stubble. I like him with the stubble. But he, you know, he's on the sideline in them, in them three cements. Reimagine. I said, oh, that's how you feel, Kyle? Do they fit? Because I know Mike McDaniel's <laughs> shoes don't fit. Yeah. Shout out to my boy, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mike McDaniel's might have changed the game. Shanny, like, oh, okay. I'll show Kyle, you. I'll Kyle's our uh, Mike McDaniel's shades, though. That's what I love, man. The aviator, uh, brown lens, man. Woof. Boy, stunting on the sidelines. Yeah, I like Mike McDaniels, man. He's cool. We'll talk more football here uh, as the day progresses. You're listening to D-Lo and Casey on KIFM. West Sacramento, 98.5 FM, KRX, QHD2, Sacramento, ESPN, 1320, always live on the free Odyssey app, live on 1320 TV as well. Twitch, YouTube, and the app formerly known as Twitter. Kings get a win on Friday night, baby. Yeah, man. 114 to 106. Uh, Casey and I were following that game as best we could uh, while hosting upset. the T-Pain and Floyd. That was not a fun night at all because we don't know the context of what's happening. I'm getting text messages from Jill Adge like, this isn't going to cut it. This isn't going to cut it. Watching it back, of course, in the moment, I could absolutely understand her frustration and all the Kings fans' frustration. Watching the game back that <laughs> night, it was like a bad, like, minute-long stretch at the right. end of the half. Right. The game was a lot closer than that the... halftime score led it to <laughs> yeah. believe. And then they opened up the third quarter. And then they had a run on the defensive end in the third quarter mm. that combined with, you know, shot making, put them in a great position to uh, to win this game headed into the fourth. Yeah, they stepped up and did what they had to do to win that game at the end of the day. And that's a sign of a good team. A lot of people – and this is this is what I try to remind people. They're like, oh, you know, they allowed a shorthanded Phoenix team to hang with them, and, you know, and all this other stuff. Well, I, I told Damien this before we, we left the venue and we saw they won and everything. How many times did a bad Kings team hang with a really good team? You know, mm-hmm. And then the really good Nuggets team or Suns or Warriors some. Just stepped on the gas sometime in the fourth quarter and said, "Yeah, I'm not. We're not losing. We we might have been sleepwalking for a little bit. We're not losing to you guys." And that's what the Kings did. That's what the Kings did as a good team. 
You know, they're going to have performances like that where, you know, it's not dominating for the entire game. But there'll be a, a point in time when they step on the gas and, and flex on them. This is wild. Jill just sent me some numbers, and I'm terrible with numbers. But if I understand this correctly, the Kings are negative 13.9 in the second quarter. That's their net rating. Mm. No wonder everybody was so upset at halftime. Man. A negative 13 rating. That's that's. I don't think that's what they were that's in this bizarre. game. They were negative. Uh, it was 33 to 26. Mm. Um, but... I was watching that game like I, I don't I don't like how did how did this get out how did this get to 59-50 first of all and why was Jill so upset <laughs> and then the final minute happened and it was like oh it's like a two it's like a three point game or four point game or something like that yeah uh, a three and then just a a bad De'Aaron turnover where I think he was looking for Malik or some or someone on the uh, behind the line and it just goes the other way for. Nice little lay-in, and all of a sudden it's a nine-point game. Uh, and the Kings responded beautifully in the third quarter. As bad as the end of the second quarter might have been, they responded beautifully in the third quarter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Big ups uh, to the Kings handling business on Friday. Lighting the beam, uh, especially while our guys from uh, and lady from the Dana Cortez show was here. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we told him, we like, hey, man, it's going to happen tonight. He got to light the beam, so. You know. Got a nice little light the beam chant uh, started did, at, at, the, at, at the venue. What'd you call it, Warriors fans? <laughs> Shout out to Brandon Nunez for putting that video out there. So I said, you know what? You know what the funny thing is? You know what the funny thing is? There was I. I was fixated on one guy. I could see him clear as day. And when we said something about the, the Kings, black guy with the Warriors hat on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw him clear. And I and I see him and he's booing. He's got the stupid hat on. And then that's when I said, okay, are there any bitch ass warrior fans in here? And I'm looking at nobody but this dude. And he goes, Yeah, yeah. I'm like, sit your ass down. Hey, so look. I got I go, uh I go, you know, we talk about the Kings, whatever, like the beam channel. I was like, yo, I want to give a shout out. To my uh to the Niner fans mm-hmm. up in here. They go, you know, Nuts. they erupt in there for the Niners. And then I think you said Raiders. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. I, I said, okay, let's be fair. Are there any Raider fans in here? Yeah. Well, well, well hold on, no, hold on, no. So, so there was a couple that uh I know one. Uh, there was a couple that got out of their seat mm-hmm. and was like in front of the front front mm-hmm. row, mm-hmm. and he's like, Raiders! Raiders pulled up his sleeve. Look, it's tatted on me, tatted on me. And I was like, all right, I got love for the Raiders. He's like, no, F the Niners, Raiders, homie. I said, hey, bro, hey, hey, man, come on, chill. Chill, chill bro. Hey, I said I got love for the Raiders. I don't play for them, man. Calm down. Relax. He was upset. Yeah, but that arena booed the Raiders pretty hard. They were well, not about the Las Vegas Raiders no. at all in that venue. Not Do you think all. we get to a point? And I don't think so, because we got it's still there's still Raider fans here for sure, right? That are pass things along. But do you think they'll get to a point where the Raiders are just not really thought of one way or the other in in Northern California, like like Reese <clears throat> no. Reese's kids? Um, assuming they're still in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, like, will they just wind up being the Steelers mm-hmm. or the Packers? 
Because mm. I asked that because I That's thought about question. this the other day. Not only are they gone, but much like James would talk about with the Kings before last year, mm-hmm. they lost a generation. Mm-hmm. They lost a, a whole mm-hmm. generation mm-hmm. of being cool, being a winning team, all this other stuff where combined almost exactly like the, the Kings and Warriors, mm-hmm. combine that with the fact that for about 10 years, the Niners were really, really good between Harbaugh and Shanahan's run. Really, really, really good. And the Kings, uh, I like Debo. Debo's cool. You know what I mean? I like George Kittle. He's cool. Mm-hmm. And being those friends and, or those fans, and I just thought about it. The other, I was like, man, like, what kid is actively trying to be a Raiders fan right now? Yeah, it probably this depends area. on, like, who his family likes. Like, that's how, like, a lot of that stuff right. gets gets handed down. Um if they stink, though, if they're 3-0, if that's what oh we're talking about gosh. with the Raiders, oh. yeah, that that whole skip a generation. But let's also not forget, like, Kings, it was 15 years. Like, that's a long-ass time to just be bad and, like, incompetently bad. Raiders are going on 21 years. They made the Raiders playoffs made the once. playoffs a couple years that ago. That wasn't good enough. But it's still – but still, but that doesn't – but that's, that's, that like, I, that's not the question you asked, though. Because for most of that, they were still in Oakland. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the question less about how them not being good could factor into the distancing of the Raiders from Northern California. Mm-hmm. But, man, to the point where they're just like the Steelers or any other traveling team, because they're always going to have a fan base. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they're always going to have Maybe. a fan base here. There, yeah. there is going to be a segment of Yeah, the there's a Steelers here. fan base here. Yeah. Like that there's there's a Michigan Wolverines fan base for Shout whatever out to reason. Them. Go here. blue. But I don't I don't know that they'll ever hit that level. Hmm. I don't know. That's hard. Pause. Yeah. I don't know. Uh it's it's going to have to be If you're if you're We were writer, talking about the Kings. How the hell did we get here? I, I don't know. How did we start talking about the Raiders? Oh, cuz of uh, the venue, the oh. the, the, the uh, concert. Oh, um, the other thing about the the Kings game though, to bring it back to the Kings, um, we didn't talk about De'Aaron Fox mm. in fourth quarter. Fox, that's crazy. I mean, this twenty three points in the fourth quarter is him. He's him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw, uh, he missed out on the in season tournament all tournament team. The NBA Cup, whatever they want. To I call it, I saw team. I saw the all tournament team, and it was so that's the whole tournament. Yeah, it was the whole tournament, and the only one I really looked at and was like, well, why him? Was Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and they both averaged thirty four point five for the tournament. Um, they both lost in the first round, mm-hmm. and then and I was like, well, why did KD make it on? Just not even like, oh, Fox being disrespected. I was like, well, what? What made KD make it over Fox in mm-hmm. this situation? And then I looked at KD's numbers. Mm-hmm. KD was 34.5 points, 7.3 boards, 6.8 assists. Oof. He shot 61% from the field, Goodness, 70% from three. Bruh, <laughs> what? In the in-season tournament. Wow. Goodness gracious. So I had to be like, oh, that's why. Yeah, KD's Goodness that dude, gracious. KD's but now Fox – uh, phenomenal in-season tournament. And then, mm-hmm. you know, 
in a game that his team had to have that, you know, we classified as this would be a ridiculous loss. They can't be losing this game. And even when they pulled away in the third quarter, it got dicey again in the fourth. And Fox said, nah. Well, yeah, Book was still playing. I mean, like, Book Book is still a very capable scorer. Like, he's out there balling. Fox said, nah, we ain't, don't worry. I'm here. I'm here. Ain't none of that happening. They did a lot of little things to make sure that they won that game. Um, You go back and look at that fourth quarter. I mean, Harrison Barnes' offensive rebound. Like, they got a lot of offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. They did a lot to as many times as the Suns kind of chipped away at that lead and got to within striking distance. Kings come down, miss a shot, get an offensive rebound, just pull the ball, ball back out, set up the offense again, and eventually get you know a bucket there to where not only do you get the points, you took extra time off the clock because – Harrison wow. or, or or Domas were able to get uh, uh, an offensive rebound. I think Keegan was doing that too before he fouled out. Yeah, no, they they, they it's hard to. I guess you could say they scrapped, they scrapped to, mm-hmm. to, to secure that win. Mm-hmm. Maybe not to get the lead and stuff like that. They buckled down and handled business, but to secure it that win, they had to scrap a little bit. So, um, yeah, I. I'm not I'm not really into the, the style points in a game like that because it could get tricky. Just win the game. You you win by however many you need to in any fashion you need to. Just win the game. The fourth quarter box score is pretty nuts. Zero two one zero twenty three. He scored th- they scored thirty one. He scored thirty one. He scored twenty three of their thirty one points. Man. Eight of ten at the line, six of nine from the field, and three of three from the three-point line. Man. Uh, meanwhile, Book and Nurkic trying to, you know, they scored 35. The Suns did outscore the Kings in that fourth quarter, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't enough. Uh, it wasn't enough because 12 that's the in quarter. The quarter. Yeah, that wow. was the quarter. Goodness gracious. That was a, a special third quarter uh, from Sacramento for sure. Mm-hmm. Kind of a unique third quarter as well, as they did so much on the defensive end. Uh, we focus a lot on the shot making. I know Will Z had a lot of those stats up. Will Z will join us here in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. They did a lot on the defensive end. Yeah, um, they made they made life tough for Book yeah. and the the rest of the crew, but m- more specifically for Devin Booker. Like mm-hmm. they didn't force him into bad shot. They forced him into not getting shots, mm-hmm. and that was. If you, you know, with no Kevin Durant out there, if you're able to take away, that clearly had to have been the message at halftime. Mm. Take Book out of this. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Can I give a shout-out while we're here to uh, Keon Ellis and his performance yeah. on Friday? Yeah. Big ups to Keon, man. He stepped up, did his thing in, in, in the minutes that he had, man. So what's that mean? Because there's still no there's still no, no Davion Mitchell. That yeah, just means it's Keon's opportunity. He's going to. Like this is play. this is solidly his opportunity. Yeah, in my opinion, it sure looks like it. Yeah, in my opinion yeah. for sure, it sure looks like it. Sasha was really good too. Sasha was really good, career high in points, right? I think he had yeah fourteen. I think that's career high for him. Five he felt seven. He he was another guy whose baskets. When you look at box scores, his his baskets felt impactful. You talk about runs that 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 the Suns went on, uh, chipping away at the game, all those different things. Um, just a timely lay-in. 
just a timely jumper, just a timely few possessions from from Sasha. I I wonder if Sasha's starting to get his NBA legs under him. We've seen two, actually about three, really good performances in the last week and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he's starting to like everything's starting to he's starting to catch up to the speed of the game, oh. what this team does, all this other stuff, and get a little more comfortable. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the bench as well and how it may look different. Malik is questionable tonight. Mm. He's, it, 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 it appears he's dealing with an illness, and he is the heartbeat of that second unit. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk more Kings basketball, and uh, we'll talk about the game tonight. The Brooklyn Nets are at the Golden One Center, first night of a back-to-back uh, for the Sacramento Kings. So that's all coming up here with Dealing with Casey. Brought to you by Sky River Casino on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Our man, Will, is he going to join us coming up here in just a couple of minutes? Did you get a chance to catch any of the Grammys 50th hip-hop anniversary thing last night? No, I, um, I, after everything settled down with the football games or whatever, putting Ryan down or whatever, and I saw some, like, tweets about something that was going on. I was like, damn, something going on? Like, I'm missing? And come to find out it was that. I I didn't watch any of it, though. It's on Paramount Plus, I believe. It was recorded, I think, back in... I remember when Will Smith kept posting about this. Mm -hmm. It was fire. Mm -hmm. They did a tremendous job. They took that Grammys, that 15, 16-minute Grammys thing that they did this year with the Roots, which was really the basis of the Force Tour, that LL and 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 that group went on mm-hmm. and turned it into two hours. Mm. It was phenomenal. It was absolutely incredible, um, which reminds me, I didn't send Complex our, <laughs> our records for the week. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was absolutely incredible. Everybody should go out of their way. All hip-hop fans should go out of their way to, uh, to see what they did last night. Uh, Will Z going to join us coming up here in just a few. We'll talk about tonight's game against the uh, Brooklyn Nets uh, as the Sacramento Kings get back in the win column on Friday, uh, beating the Phoenix Suns. And, of course, it was another it was another game to just talk about how great De'Aaron Fox is. Another piece of uh, I gave you some required viewing. Here's some required reading. Uh, our man Keith Smith over at I think he's with Spot Track. Mm-hmm. I think that's the official set. He wrote about the De'Aaron Fox contract situation. Mm. So why a lot of people didn't take the time to read what Chris Haynes wrote and just tried to create some aggregated material about De'Aaron Fox turning down 
uh, a two-year, hundred-some-odd million-dollar contract extension. Keith Smith wrote, like, exactly why. Not just the generic, it's more beneficial Mm -hmm. for him to do it this way. No, he explicitly wrote out why it's um, so important, why it makes so much sense for him to wait to sign the contract and the true value that another All-NBA selection will have for him. Mm. And there's a couple of different scenarios here, uh, and they're all big, big money scenarios. Mm. Yeah, well. What the Kings did was, we, we said this at the time, this was a formality. Right. They're able to offer the extension. They offer the extension. It's just as much of a formality for De'Aaron Fox to turn down the extension offer and to, again, it's that bet on yourself type thing and earn the designated veteran extension, which could net him up to a four-year contract extension at $269 plus million. And they talked about how, um, or at least uh, Chris Haynes, when he was talking about the, um, the whole situation, he said, you know, all of this was in good faith. You know, everybody is kind of on the same page as far as, yeah, we want to have um, Fox here long-term. We know why he turned down the deal, but we had to offer it to him. And Fox wants to be here long-term. And, you know, there's no ill will with turning it down. It's just, you know, there's there's bigger money potentially on the other side. That's all it is. Much, much bigger money. Much bigger money. Uh, again, all of these scenarios are in Keith Smith's article, who, yes, Jesse, let's reach out and see if he wants to join us tomorrow. Uh, he even has a scenario in here where Fox could earn a five-year, $348 million contract extension. What's that? like? That is so... So I don't screw this up. I'm going to read it to you verbatim. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say De'Aaron Fox doesn't choose the path uh, chosen by Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns, who both signed four-year designated veteran extensions as soon as they were available. Fox could choose to delay the signing his extension by a year to add even more money, but it comes at a risk. For one, Fox would have to be certain he would make all NBA for the 24-25 season Mm. or MVP or defensive player of the year. If he misses out on the 24-25 season, he would no longer be eligible to sign a designated veteran extension in 2025. Hmm. But let's say he either doesn't qualify for the designated veteran extension status this season or he chooses to wait, but does qualify the next season. Here's what Fox would be looking at extending into the summer. And then it gives his next two years under his current deal or it gives because uh, uh, this is the next year. So it gives year five mm-hmm. of his current deal, which is at thirty seven million. And then in the year 2026, his salary starts at $60 million per year and ends in 2030 (laughs) at a contract that would make Shohei Itani look broke. (laughs) A $79.3 million final year of that deal. I don't know that a single player has done that. I don't know that anyone has gone that route. Most people sign it at the four. Mm-hmm. Well, no. I think that's what Jalen just did. Jay- I think that was the contract Jalen just had. Sounds Well, that sounds right because I remember the 
the money they were talking about. That and he had a year table. left on his deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, so you're right. Yeah. Um, and he waited. He was like, nope, not yet. Hmm. Not yet, not yet, not yet. And then he got that all-NBA selection. He was like, okay, now. <laughs> right now. Played it uh, perfectly. The four years, $269.4 million seems extremely likely uh, given the incredible season that he's having. And it feels like he is uh, marching towards his second straight All-NBA nod. Yeah. I mean, the guy, one of the top scorers in the league. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, yo, this guy, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, for, for somebody like myself who grew up loving this guy, I was like, yo, we got our own little version of Iverson out here. Mm. <laughs> like the guy, 30 points a game at the guard position, mid-range shooter, not this crazy three-point shooter. Um, handles crazy, finishing at the rim is crazy. Like it's a little different version of, of AI, and he's that. He's that right now. Love seeing it. Yeah, he finished uh, Friday's game four of seven from three. But remember, he was three of three from the three point line in the third quarter, or excuse me, in the fourth quarter, mm. uh, and he wound up finishing that game with thirty four points in thirty four minutes. Domas very quietly finished with a fifteen and seventeen. Uh, another double-double uh, for DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, four of those 17 rebounds were on the offensive end, something I thought the Sacramento Kings did really, really well on Sunday night. Um, and those assist numbers, again, you look at De'Aaron, you look at Domas, and you look at Malik Monk. Malik Monk, the bench on Friday was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Sasha, a career high for Sasha in points. Malik continues to be the distributor for that group, and we gave our flowers uh, to Keon Ellis, who played 17 minutes in that one. He played, now let that compute, he played 17 minutes in a game that De'Aaron Fox played 34. Mm-hmm. He was having an impact, and Mike was finding a way to keep him on the floor. Yeah, I mean, that's how you earn your minutes. That's how you earn your opportunities, by going out there being impactful. Sometimes it's going to be um, with scoring. Sometimes it's going to be with your defense. Sometimes a combination of both. But just making sure your presence is felt out there. That's something that Keon did a great job of um, last night. I thought he did an okay job of it on Monday against the Pelicans, but I didn't see much of that against the Warriors. And once again, to be fair to him, that was his first game back uh, off the the ankle injury, mm-hmm. and uh, they had another game had another game that week. Drawing a blank on who it was against, but that's you know his first couple games back off an of ankle injury. Maybe Denver. Denver Denver on Saturday. Well, Clippers on Wednesday, Denver on uh, Saturday. That's right. Um, So, you know, it might have took him a couple couple games to to feel good about himself again. So uh, he did a good job on on Friday night of making his presence felt. Yeah, and I think this is one of the great things about this Kings bench, specifically this the, the layout of this Kings roster. You look at Malik with you know, 13-6 and six that night. You look at Keon Ellis in, in double digits and the impact that he had on the defensive end, particularly in the third quarter. You look at what Sasha Vazenkov was able to do in, in his 20 minutes. That might be a career high for him playing 20 minutes uh, in a regular season game and the 14 points that he had. You didn't get a big night from JaVale McGee. You didn't get a big night from Trey Lyles, but it was okay because you knew how impactful that bench was. And the fact that you can interchange Sasha Vazenkov and JaVale McGee for each other, and it could be Sasha that has a down night and, and JaVale that has a, a big night, or you could do the same thing with Trey Lyles and Keon Ellis. 
it seems the one constant is Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that you can count on a couple of guys coming off the bench and having an impact uh, in a game, I'd argue was uh, was a pretty big game. Like it, you, you had a lengthy amount of rest. You know you're going to see this team four more times this year. Um, and then the added dynamic of Kevin Durant, you know, Bradley Beal, who it, it, it all, all reports are he's going to make his debut tomorrow against the Golden State Warriors. We've heard that before, uh, but it sounds like it's it's actually happening tomorrow. So knowing that you have, you know, the, the ability to potentially catch them while they're down, yeah. you had to take advantage of it. Yeah. And everyone involved did a great job. Weird night for Kevin Herter, but – I thought Harrison was impactful, even though his shot wasn't really dropping. And then that second unit was huge for them. Yeah, they 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 helped kind of turn the tide of that game. You know, the, watching the game uh, the other night, we talked about it a little bit, but Keon Ellis, Malik Monk, they were in there turning the tide of that game in that third quarter. So, um, hey, mentioned it before. This is what happens sometimes with good teams. You're going to play a team that you should beat or isn't on the same level as you that particular, not not saying Phoenix in general isn't on the same level, but just that night with so many guys out, you know, they're not on the same level as you. Mm-hmm. They're going to step their game up. You know, they're going to play with a level of focus. Other guys are going to look at that on that team as their opportunity to put some film out, to show the coach that they should be playing. So that's a lot of the times when you get the best effort from those teams. And the Kings had to deal with that on Friday. And they let them hang around a little bit because of it. But at the end of the day, when it was winning time, they handled business, made sure they got the separation they needed to get that victory. There's, I just get the win. I'm, I'm good. I'm good with all that. I'm not tripping off any of Someone teach Andy Reid how to use his <laughs> computer. There's <laughs> just this terrible shot of Andy <laughs> Reid on the screen right now clearly like on a zoom conference with somebody and it's like hey center the camera a little bit big guy maybe push the screen back That's good. oh man no no well you're good that oh, it no. actually believe it or not it actually looked worse than what you just oh, did man. uh as we welcome in our buddy will z will z stats.com you can check out all of his great work will there's a game tonight uh mm-hmm. but let's start uh, with Fridays, any numbers besides 23, any numbers that really stand out to you from Friday night's win against Phoenix? I think for me, it was just the the third quarter barrage on both offense and defense. I mean, if you look at the advanced numbers for the third quarter alone, the Kings had a 132 offensive rating, 50 defensive rating, and 82 net rating. Like, there's your game. Mm-hmm. In that 12-minute stretch, they just completely annihilated the Suns. Mm-hmm. And it's reminded me of what we saw last year more in the fourth quarter for the Kings is they when they need to turn it on, especially on defense, they would. And I think that's kind of what it was reminiscent of for me in terms of let's catch up, let's put it behind, and then we don't let off the break. Yeah. All right, man. I'm, and I'm with that, man. And that's that's the – I think we talked about this before, the spurtability of this mm-hmm. Kings team from time to time. We wondered. Um, come on, bro. No, no I'm throwing a flag. No, it's true. Absolutely I'm not. A flag. No, I'm throwing it. What was that um, word you just? Spurtability? I'm, using, I'm throwing yeah. a flag. I'm, I'm <laughs> throwing a flag. a flag. I'm, I'm throwing a flag on this, Jesse. 
Y'all don't have to agree. If you know, I'm throwing a flag on whatever <laughs> word you just used right there. I like it. Well, all right, Will. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell us more about the King's spurtability then. Spurtability. Now, if I said something different, yeah, that would be a flag. <laughs> That's a flag. Not spurtability. <laughs> Okay. I'll tell you during the, during the break what okay. the flag would have been. Okay. It would have been but, if you said it about the soda. Thank you. <laughs> All right. That's 15 I'm yards. I'm I'm sorry, Will. I'm I'm doing the rest of this segment of protest game. because I of you too. But um, that that's something that we had talked about was missing. You know, like the explosive nature mm-hmm. of the offense or this team in general. And on on Friday. They were able to have that, but Damian pointed out it seemed like a lot of it had to do with their defense in this particular case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the Sun shot 0 of 8 from 3 in that quarter. Part of it, I think, was they weren't making their shots, but I just liked the Kings' defensive attention. I thought Sasha, he's always in the right spot, it mm-hmm. seems like. Both him and Trey are really good in that aspect where they're not highlight defenders but they're really good team defenders mm-hmm. <clears throat> so i thought that their activity coming in off the bench uh was great in that third quarter as well um trey didn't play much but sasha had 513 and was a plus 13 in the third so clearly making an impact off the bench yeah the kings loved your sasha tweet that Man, was... the sasha tweets always go off it's wild i don't know <laughs> what it is if it's similar to the Kata stuff how it would be like the other countries just kind of pick it up oh, it's like tim zoo on the, tim on the yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, what it is exactly <laughs> uh well i thought harrison obviously struggled from the field i thought he was really impactful mm-hmm. in 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 friday's game what stood out to you about uh hb who was pretty much shredded by this king's fan base for a solid four days yeah yeah for me it was the rebounds um which again, I was one of the ones when Mike Brown says we want him to go out there and rebound and you look and he's averaging like three, you have to give him credit when he goes out and grabs eight rebounds, four yeah. offensive, four defensive. So he was doing it on both ends of the floor. It's if he's able to do that and he's not going to shoot three of 11 most nights, that's a really low percentage for him. Mm-hmm. So if he can just shoot near 40, 50% from the field and grab those rebounds, I think that's about what you need from him mm-hmm. on any given night with the kind of every now and then explosion of a 20, 30 point game, maybe. Yeah. I mean, the the biggest thing for me always, always with uh, Harrison Barnes is I just got to, I got to have you be impactful out there. So mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how it is, if it's just defense or if it's, it's just scoring or just rebounding or whatever, I don't really have a preference. I just need to know that you're out there. You have yeah. to uh, have an impact on the game. And he did that on Friday. He did that mm-hmm. on Friday. He had an impact on the game. And when he's able to do that, um, it kind of changes everything with what this Kings team to, can do, in my opinion. Yeah. What do we got tonight? It's uh, the Kings and the Brooklyn Nets at the Golden One Center. It's the first night of a back-to-back Feels like that has to be pointed out, though it may not necessarily have to be pointed out loudly today. It's certainly going to be yeah. mentioned pretty loudly tomorrow. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, the the all of the in-season tournament stuff is over. Friday's game wasn't a part of the in-season tournament, but it was one of those unscheduled games that was based on the in-season tournament. 
So now we're here just back to the regularly scheduled program, uh, and it starts with Brooklyn tonight at G1C. Yeah, so Brooklyn, their main thing is the three-point line. They are taking 38.2 attempts per game. That's seventh, and they're leading the league with a 38.7% three-point percentage. But what's really weird about them is that it doesn't affect their wins and losses. Mm. So in their wins, they're shooting 38.6%. In their losses, they're actually shooting better at 38.9%. So it's really like, yes, you want to guard the three-point line, but that's not what dictates Brooklyn winning or losing. What seems to, based on looking at the numbers, is Brooklyn's defense. So in their wins... Uh, Brooklyn has a defensive rating of 104.5, and in their losses, it jumps to 126.1. So that's where you're seeing the kind of give and take for the Nets Mm -hmm. is on the defensive side. You see all their their steals go down, their blocks go down, all of kind of those peripheral defensive stats um, are dropping compared to like the Kings. When they shoot well, they win. When they don't, they lose. Mm -hmm. So a little bit different in that aspect. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, look at a guy like Nick Claxton as somebody that we always talk about the guys that Domas struggles against? Seems mm-hmm. like Nick Claxton, um, although he's active and I like him as a center, he doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have um, the strength to match up with a guy yeah. like Sabonis. Is that kind of what the numbers may bear out if they're, they're head-to-head in the pass or anything like that? That's exactly what the numbers bear out. I'm still finishing up my preview article for the day. Um, but that's exactly what I was writing for the paragraph on Domas and Claxton. So in last year, Sabonis shot six of nine, 66.7% from the field, um, and had six assists in like 18 minutes when guarded by Claxton. He has that length and athleticism to block shots. He's at 2.4 on the season. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Kenny, I don't think he has the strength to guard Sabonis one-on-one. I was trying to think back to how Sabonis did last year, and I think the Nets sent a double team pretty early on. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look at the tape, but that's what kind of jumped in my memory, and the numbers kind of bear it out that Claxton doesn't really have the ability to to guard Domas one-on-one. And this is a game where, obviously, Ben Simmons will be out, Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. will be out, Lonnie Walker will be out. They'll be missing some guys. Yeah. We're still waiting to find out you know, what happens with Malik Monk. Uh, and and where he's at tonight is he, uh, according to some reports last night and this morning, is dealing with an illness. But this isn't one of those games. You know, obviously, Mikel Bridges is extraordinary. But this isn't one of those games where, like, you look at it and you go, this is a matchup problem for Sacramento. This doesn't feel like a matchup problem for Sacramento. to me. It's where they have a lot of length, which is kind of a common thing that people like to find. But in terms of like overall roster, it seems like they kind of match up well, um, really, if not an advantage to the Kings with their size. Brooklyn, it just feels like they're all tall, skinny guys, mm. which isn't a bad thing. You want tall, lengthy guys, but they don't have that kind of variety of body type that some of the other teams like the Lakers, um, the Raptors, the Rockets have. Brooklyn is on a three-game winning streak, by the way. They're back to twelve mm-hmm. and nine. Like they, they, they had kind of been living at the five hundred, just uh. below five hundred mark, and you know now they're essentially where Sacramento and 
Yeah, 90% they're not a of the bad league team. Is. Yeah, no, 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 no they're, they're not, they're at, not all. at all. They're not at all, and they, yeah. they've got guys. I got them in, in the playoffs. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah they, they got a guy in Michael Bridges, your boy, who yeah. if you're not paying attention, he can go off on you. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think he can go off on you if you are paying attention. This, that's true, too. That's true, too. So I know they were you know, expecting and, and hoping for some things with Ben Simmons this year. Hasn't, hasn't necessarily played out that way, but mm-hmm. – you know, between Bridges and Cam Johnson, those are two guys that I like a lot on that squad, mm-hmm. and then uh, my guy Spencer Dinwiddie as well. So uh, they've they've got some guys that can they can give you a problem. Absolutely, yeah, and, you got to be aware. And it's where Bridges in games this year when he scored twenty or more points, they're ten and five. When he's held under twenty, they're two and four. So it hasn't happened much, mm. but. It's similar to Phoenix, where if you have one person you're going to key in on, fo- key in, and focus on, mm-hmm. it's clearly Bridges. So if the Kings are going to kind of keep up their their blitzing, their double teams, uh, it's going to be on Bridges tonight. Is is it Keegan? Who do you think guards? The, uh, who do you think uh, draws Mikel on the defensive end? I hope it's Keegan. I don't. Barnes is in. Barnes's individual defense has left a lot to be wanting this year. Hmm. Um, so I hope it's Keegan, but at the same time, I don't feel like Keegan has been moving really well. Hmm. So I don't know. Um, maybe Duarte, especially if Monk is out, might get some minutes on him. Um, maybe it's a bit of a committee, but probably start with Keegan and go from there, depending on how the matchup is going. People talk about oh, it matters who's guarding him in the fourth quarter. Let's not I, it, don't 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 give him a runway. Yeah, yes. that's the thing. He he's not fourth quarter Fox, but he's he's consistent. Don't give Mikel mm-hmm. a runway. Yeah, like make life frustrating for him. Yeah, or yeah. It, it, shoot, do what you did to Book in the third quarter, to where Book is, you know, he he basically had to start the whole damn game over with in the fourth quarter for himself. He he was he was great, mm-hmm. but yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, he's not great at getting to the line either. 4.8 free throw attempts per game. So that's another aspect that isn't quite there compared to like the Booker Mm -hmm. um, matchup. So just another aspect that you don't have to worry about quite as much. Will, keep in mind. we appreciate you. Will's, Will's got to get back to work. The the, the, the family time is over. Time in the wilderness is over. Back to the grind, back to to the grizzy. Well, but is it back to the grind for like a week and then you get to go on Christmas vacation? (laughs) It'll just be a few days off around the the holidays. Okay. But yeah. Good stuff, Will. We appreciate you as always. Thanks, my man. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yep. That's WillZStats.com. Make sure you check out all of his previews uh, for these games as the Kings got quite a few games coming up. Shoot, there's four this week with the uh, today, tomorrow, Thunder Thursday. Uh, Jazz, Jazz Saturday. Saturday. Washington comes to town on Monday. Well, that'll be fun. Well, Boston's right after that. Well, it's all fun in games until the Wizards get a win at G1C. Wizards win by 15 at the G1C. I'll be like, come on. Jordan Poole going to be throwing off the backboard alley-oops to Kuzma when they're down 30. I'm fine with that. If he wants to throw alley-oops off the backboard while there's a light the beam chant going on, by all means, my brother. Uh, have at it. Hey, um, there's nothing that can be done now because the the play has moved on. But I need the league to look at that uh, flag that was thrown and rescind my fine. That's well, what was fine. the term used again? Spurtability. Yeah. Um. In Secaucus, we ruled it no penalty. 
No penalty? Come on, bro. Like, wow. Sportability. Like, people use that. People say that. <laughs> people win. Oh, I've, I've heard the term. Yeah. You've if he, if he said no, because if you he said something else. Spurtability. I've heard it a couple times. Give me. All right, man. We ruled in Secaucus. What do you want us to do? <laughs> I feel like Patrick Mahomes right now. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. We'll come back. Stilo and Casey here on ESPN 1320. No wonder he was so pissed off. He promptly ignored me. I don't want to gloss. I mean, we mentioned this. I don't have anything to say. The, the Raiders got beat 3-0. to zero. I, I got. I have nothing. That, that's run its that course. Game. Get yourself a new coach. Get yourself a new quarterback. Three, well, mm. that that's harsh. That's a lot. But three to zero is tough. I don't know how you. I don't know how you defend like two hundred and two total yards. Now, it's, now again, it was three to zero. It's not like Minnesota was lighting the board. Clearly, your defense did something. But man, three to zero. I had I had uh, sw- multi view. Right, like the last thing I heard from the Raiders game was, there hasn't been a three to zero score in the NFL since. And right then is when I went back to something else. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no, what was <laughs> since when? Nah, that was, when was the last three zero game? I saw the uh, the the end of the Forty ers game, and I saw on the little bottom line they had the the score and at the time. I think it was zero zero. I was like zero zero. Mm-hmm. What? Maybe you know the, the the graphics have now functioned a little bit or something like no just zero zero fourth quarter so I'm going to put up these inflatable uh, Christmas decorations this is and then by by then I'll be back for the last five minutes of the the Chiefs and the Bills because it didn't take that long to put that stuff up but there was no need in trying to check on red zone to see Raiders Vikings well it didn't make red zone because I don't think they were ever there. They're like, yeah, they they normally, oh, you know, we have to go to, uh, you got to go to your, you know, local television provider because there's only one game left. They're like, yeah, we, t- no one wants to see this. Just flip over to CBS and watch the end of. Mm. Yeah, they didn't even try to keep you around watch it. for the OT. <laughs> Spoiler alert: There's no highlights coming from this Raiders game. Do you, um, brutal? Do you think I know? Everybody wanted to see Alex O'Connell and all this other stuff. Aiden. Aiden O'Connell. Who's Alex? Who's Alex? He's a basketball player. He used to play for Duke. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, will you, will you turn? Will you turn the uh, nonsensical tournament that you're probably watching on your iPad off? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! College basketball, right? Oh, now. okay. The the Kings game is running back again, right? Oh, now. there you go. That's a good one. Um, I mean, so we're just gonna let this happen. If you're uh, Antonio Pierce, like we're not gonna just Jimmy, just no. No, not with you. Got you still got four games left. I know you probably don't want to win any games. Would just just gonna let it happen. Would Jimmy hit him with the Zach Wilson? Uh, Maybe. Which I don't think that's what Zach Wilson actually did. By the way, I don't think you go back to Jimmy. I don't think you do. I think you stick with O'Connell. Just let just let let Aiden ride it out. I mean, if you're if you're if you're Antonio Pierce, you could have some directives too. By the way, that's you could, true. You, you could be have some some yeah. some directives, and it's not just to win. yeah. I mean, well, not just that. It it just let's ride it out for better or worse with Aiden O'Connell. We know what Jimmy Garoppolo is. We don't need to see it. Mm. Um, just ride it out with Aiden O'Connell. Let's see what we have. Um, yeah, I think you just you just go with it. That's a tough. 
man, that's tough. Three to zero is a bad look, but if I was in- short week, I think for the Raiders. Yeah, they play Thursday. Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. Wow, Herbert's already out, I believe. Wow. I, I'm I'm definitely like the proponent of, you know, play the games. You know, mm-hmm. just play. I would not be against. I don't think he's too good of a of a guy, um, competitor to do this on his own. But I might even, you know, uh, just go out there and do the dirty work for him, and say that I'm gonna just shut Devontae Adams down. Like you got a guy mm-hmm. like Alex, Alex Aiden O'Connell out there. Yeah. What if he doesn't want to though? Then he can't. But I wouldn't be. The reason why I said he wouldn't do that is because he's a competitor. He's a good yeah. guy. But what's the what's the? Do you pose the question like, bro? Do you, what, what yeah, are you thinking right now? Do you want to play? Because this is a guy in the middle of his career that you know is playing meaningless games, and I don't even think the the games that they have left are against like playoff teams too much. I think they play Kansas City for sure. Uh, let me see. I can obviously pull this up, but and maybe you play the Kansas City game because. You want to stay true. They got the Chargers, one. the Chiefs, the Colts, and the Broncos. The juggernaut that is now the Denver Broncos. The I guess those are games. I, the only reason I'm thinking about him playing as well is like those are games that affect the standings. Mm-hmm. You know the the Chiefs, the Colts, and the Broncos. Mm-hmm. So you play those, um, maybe. But this poor guy, he's just just out here. This is out here. Yeah. Not meaningful football whatsoever. You think he stays with the Raiders? Um, if I was the Raiders, I'd move on from him, get more draft capital. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense. They're going to have to cut him and probably make, eat up money, huh? Yeah, it doesn't. I, I don't know what his cap hold and all of that stuff is, but it doesn't make sense. If you can trade him, trade him. It just doesn't make sense to have him there. Yeah. And for him, it doesn't make sense to be there rotting. You don't. It doesn't make sense to have him either for a rookie quarterback or a completely undeveloped quarterback. Yeah, like this. This thing has just not gone the way that he thought it was going to go when he signed here. If they're able to um, cut him post June first, or yeah, June first. If they're able to trade him post June first next year, that's only a four million dollar cap hit. But if they can only release him, then they're on the hook for fifteen and a half million dollars. So they got it. So they save eleven million dollars by trading him. Yeah, yeah you got to try to trade him. You got to like, hope Bill Belichick wants him still. Yeah, there, 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 there will be. Yeah, you move on. You move on. I mean, uh, this is this how many is years good. was his deal? Three, three. Oh. Do you blow up this team? Are you trading Devontae Adams in the offseason too? Like, I think the Raiders are at that point. Yeah. And which is yeah. foul just because their defense finally Devontae figured Adams. it out. Yeah, I'd absolutely trade Devontae Adams. Yeah. It I, just doesn't make sense. No. And you're not. None of this makes sense. You're not a. Nothing about the Raiders. You're not makes a sense. CJ. It doesn't feel like at least. You're a CJ Stroud hitting on your draft pick away from being good. It doesn't feel like they're that. Yeah, that also means you Josh Jacobs walks. Mm-hmm. Like you don't franchise him again. You certainly don't sign him to anything. You just let him go. And um, that sucks because you can't even 
get any assets for him, can't trade for him, so to speak, nope. or trade him for assets. So nope. Josh McDaniels really did a number on this team. Oof. He did. Like set him I mean, back I, years on top of years. Yeah, Al Davis isn't absolved of criticism Mark. for this, though. Mark. Yeah, Al is. <laughs> Al is <laughs> absolved of all criticism of this. Uh, Mark, however, is not. Uh, Mark is not. Uh, by the way, the last 3-0 game, uh, Pittsburgh beat Jesse's Miami Dolphins on November 26, 2007. Remember, like it was yesterday, Ricky Williams had just come back, I think because he was on his weed break or whatever, came back. <laughs> came back. I'm like so excited because that's my favorite player of all time. Gets tackled. I think Joey Harrison or whatever, someone steps on, on his shoulder, boom, out for the year. Oh. It, is that a shoot? Is that really what happened that game? Yeah, he came back. I don't know you, if it you was told from, that story very convincingly. No, I remember that game like it was yesterday. I remember watching my dad. My dad was pissed. It was it was all I bad that, that day at the top of your house. But oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> oh man. It's the third 3-0 game in the past 40 years and the seventh in the Super Bowl era. Mm. Hmm. Yikes. How do we feel about the Baltimore Ravens? Ten and three. Number one seed for now in the AFC. A thrilling win against the Los Angeles Rams. What a what a ending to that game. I don't I wanna pick them to come out of the AFC. There's something I can't quite grasp. So I'll 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 think about it this way. As a 49ers fan. If the Niners were to make the Super Bowl, I'd much rather face the Ravens than the Dolphins. Explain. I think the Dolphins, with their speed and what they could do on the offensive end, can pose problems for anybody, for, for mm-hmm. just anybody. It's a tough, tough matchup for anybody. I think Baltimore, as great as Lamar is, I don't think they necessarily have the playmakers I know they don't have the playmakers that Miami does, and they might be a little bit more predictable and easier to guard defensively. I think there's holes on that defense that yeah. the 49ers, <coughs> excuse me, would be able to exploit. Get emotional talking about I know, this game. Man. That's, uh, my, that's my Super Bowl. It, well, <laughs> it is. See, look, you just got Kenny all shaken up. No, it's Kenny's turn to die on the air. Don't cut the camera. You know, let yeah, the camera roll. Let the camera live. Come on, Kenny. When no one call nine one one until he actually hits the ground. Let's get a couple more cops in. Then you can call nine one one. Not until then, though. He has to hit the ground. The news needs that hey, shot. That's going to get these views up. Hey man, my man said he didn't know which way we were going this segment. I said, fine, I'll die. Yeah, How about well, that? fellas, it's happening. It's not the first time that's happened in local radio. So that's that's all right. But no, I, I, but even with that said, like I, I like John Harbaugh. Obviously, as a coach, Lamar Jackson, that's my guy. Um, Zay Flowers is the real deal. Like they, they have a bunch of components that I Got like. Yeah, John Harbaugh. I just they don't, and maybe I'll feel different after watching them play against the Niners on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. You know, but right now you have to give me the choice. You say yeah, Niners make the Super Bowl. Who would you rather play, Dolphins or the the Ravens? I'd rather play the Ravens. Yeah, there's I, I don't. Hmm. They got Jacksonville up ahead, San Francisco, Miami, and then Pittsburgh. That's the that's a crazy three game stretch. Baltimore, right 
remaining schedule. They beat a good Cleveland Browns team four weeks into the season. They they absolutely humiliated Detroit back in October. Mm. Beat up on Seattle. Who? But you tell me Seattle's not good. I don't think Seattle's that good. I think they're an average team. They're an average. Okay, team. They well, they, well, the I'm average. okay. Well, they beat up an average team, thirty-seven to three. Yeah, they beat the they beat the hell. So out. here's the thing about Baltimore: it's kind of sneaky. They put up points. Mm-hmm. Like Baltimore puts up mm-hmm. points. They lost uh, seventeen to ten to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost twenty-two to nineteen. Man, they put up they put up thirty like they're they're De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's not saying. I point goes, that out because that's not something usually synonymous with Baltimore Ravens football, right? Right, and, and they've lost a lot of players uh, this year. They lost. Uh, Blanking on the running back on the first week of the Dobbins, season. J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins. They lost Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Um, Odell Beckham has been in and out. Mark Andrews. Uh, they lost him. I don't know if he's out for this. Is he out for the season? It's looking like if he's coming back, it might be for the playoffs, if that. Gotcha. If that. Gotcha. So, and that's their guy. That's that's the guy that really Lamar is connected with the most. So, he's out. But, I don't know. There's just some, I got Maybe I just got to see them against the Niners and see what that looks like. And as much as I love Lamar, uh, I don't know if he could do it by himself. Have we reached a point where we know who the true contenders are in each conference? I don't know who the contenders are in the AFC. Baltimore, Miami. We want to keep the Chiefs in there? Yeah, like, okay, so like, but what, okay, let's try Chiefs this. Are on the fence. What confidence level do you have in San Francisco? Would, like, the Not as your fan. I'm just talking about. Is it like like if you if you had let's say here I'll I'll make this easier. San Francisco, Dallas, Philadelphia. How confident are you? One of those teams represents the NFC. Well, uh, if we put it on the scale, ten out of ten, I'd say ten for the 49ers. No, I mean collectively, just all of them together. So if you if oh, you're confident, yeah, it's going to be one so, of those three. So it's going to be one of those three. If 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 I took Philadelphia out and said San Francisco and Dallas, mm. would you would you still say it's ten out of ten just because San Francisco's in there? Uh, would you are you confident it's going to be one of those two teams? Yeah, I'm confident. Okay, so you go over to the you go over to the AFC side. Like, how confident are you that it's Baltimore or Miami? Fairly confident. I'm fairly yeah. confident. I don't think Kansas City could beat those teams this year. I don't think they could beat them. Okay. I don't think they got enough. I think the key for Miami is, too, if they're able to lock up the one seed, you don't beat them at home. The last couple of years, I think they've only lost twice, I believe. Is Not like Baltimore's defense. Is, their defense is insane right now. Is learning to lose in the NFL a thing? Like, I don't subscribe to this, but people will tell you that the Kings took a step last year in a seven-game series with Golden State, and sometimes you just – you just got to lose, and you'll be back better in a next better spot next year. I think that's garbage, but it's repeated a lot. Does Miami got to get to the? Do they have to go through what Lamar went through? I think they did that last year when they lost to Buffalo, and I think they did that like when they went winless in December. Like they did uh, all they did all their losing. Like they, they they made that a point this year. It's like we're not December last year is not happening this year. Like they talking about they've learned from it, and then you got the playoff loss to Buffalo and all that. I think they did their losing last year. I losing in December. That's a that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I think I think it's. I'm not sold. I think, I think it's Baltimore and Miami. Miami. What'd you say? 
I can't. I mean, speaking to the mic, we can't hear you. Sold about pal. Oh, oh, he heard you. He heard. I'm just. Uh, there's just some. I just. I don't. If they beat Dallas, will you? Will you be sold? Because honestly, I, like Miami. Okay, so let, let's put it this way: they're nine Where's that game at? Miami. 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 The other three times they've lost was to the Chiefs and Eagles mm-hmm. on the road, and the Bills on the road as well. And you telling me their defense is good? Right now, they are second in total yards given up in defense. <laughs> their defense, quiet as cap, is maybe one of their X factors. <laughs> But God damn it, this is what we talk about. They're I get that, but against how? they got players though. They got Jalen Ramsey. They're not scrubs. Like they have players that have been doing it for a couple years. It's not just like I get. I get it. Trust me, I get all that. They're beating good teams and stuff like. Or they're beating bad teams. I get all that. But they have players. These aren't scrubs. This isn't Indianapolis Colts. All right, like they have players, and they're, they're not doing. just they're not just squeaking by these bad teams either. No, they're doing what you're supposed to do against them, but. I mean, it's not their fault either. They've only played three teams over 500 so far. They don't make the schedule. That's for sure. I I just. Like, you watch Miami and you go, that's the Super Bowl caliber team right there. It depends on who they're playing. <laughs> but it shouldn't matter. It, it, it depends you on who they're 40, Watching the 49ers beat the Seahawks yesterday, that's a Super Bowl caliber team right there. Yeah, but the, the they're so, I don't want to say they're so drastic, but they look unstoppable against these non-playoff teams. Mm. And then you put them against the playoff teams and they look, they don't get shut down completely, but they look mortal. I'm like Jesse is with his title belt. I don't know who it's up for grabs. Well, I mean, it doesn't end like whenever you're playing the best of the best, you're going to look mortal. Like Philly went 10 and two. They played San Francisco and Dallas or whatever. Didn't look great. Other two, they played good teams before that. Look fine. Like really this is it happens. Good though. I'm really not, not that good. I, I I'm not the only one. It's not just me. But I've I've been saying for weeks. Mm, you give you give Philly the respect because of the record they had when they were like seven and one, eight and one, or something like that. But I'm not. I, they don't look that that good to me. And then. They would be like, well, they just finding a way to win games. I was like, they find a win way, find ways to win games until they don't. I, I I get the argument about them not being a good team yet, but I really do think like the defense looked fine against Philly. I think Philly just got too many possessions where the offense just wasn't doing anything for Miami. So like Philly's offense was going to score, putting up thirty one there. They held down Kansas City like I think they got the good de- a good defense. I think Miami's going to beat um, Dallas. I think the the game for them. Is going to be, you know, everything at the one seed is, is going to be on the line against Baltimore. You know, and my question is too, like, if the Dolphins beat an over five hundred team, like, is that it? Like, is that all we're waiting for at this point? Because nah, they play I think good at football. this point, because we're so far into this, it's winning in the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that's we're we're so far into this, it doesn't matter now. Like Dallas, they Dallas could beat Dallas. It doesn't it doesn't matter. They got Dallas didn't prove nothing to me can last I, night. Can I just, you know, the the Dolphins don't have the highest scoring offense in the league. Who does the Cowboys? They play nobody. <laughs> All right, if hey, we're gonna keep nobody. breaking, if we're gonna keep breaking this down to schedule, there's no point in even having like football conversations until the playoffs get here. Well, I, I'm just going off of what I see, what I see, and I don't look at. I'll put it to you like this: I don't think the, I don't think the Cowboys are the most explosive offense in the league. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the Cowboys' offense over Miami or the 49ers. It comes down to narratives, honestly, I think. It's just a matter of whether you put more stock into who they've played or how they've played. I look at how they 49ers played. lead in 
total yards. Miami leads in yards per game. Dolphins lead in yards. Oh, man. He, okay, we, we, we don't need to go through every category. It's Dallas, Miami, and San Francisco as the top offenses in the league. But we talk about Miami as if they're like it's clear, cut, and dry, as if they're, you know, the Warriors from, you know, 2016, and they're just scoring a ton of points and hitting a million three. Like, there's two other teams in the league doing what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Niners have the best offense in, in, the, in the NFL. Um, Probably the NBA, too. <laughs> right. I think they've got the best offense. Um, but Miami, like you said, Miami and Dallas. Dallas is uh, Dallas is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't look at I don't look at <laughs> Dallas as, as being one of those top offenses, but they. I mean, the, the numbers have them there, but I don't. I don't look at them as as that. One category on the offensive end that the Dolphins, 49ers, and Cowboys do not lead. One offensive category, mm. and this team leads it pretty comfortably. Is it a good category? By over two hundred yards. No, good. It's a good category. We did passing. We did points. We did yards. We didn't do rushing. I'm about to say, is that uh, Baltimore? It's Baltimore. Yeah, that's the other team we were talking about in this conversation. It's yeah. Baltimore in total yards, and I think by a lot yards per game. And I'm I'm a little old school with that. That's that's what travels in the playoffs. That's what's going to get it done in the playoffs. What's your run game looking like? I don't. I haven't seen enough of Miami and Dallas to say one way or another what their run game could do in in, in a in a postseason setting. I'm Miami confident. is down a game in some of these stats too. I want to that's true. That they play the that's true. Uh, I am very confident what the Niners can do on the ground, anywhere on the road, at home, uh, in the playoffs, anything like that. Uh, like I said, I you know Tony Pollard and they I think they ran for like four and a half yards a carry last night. Dallas did, so they they were able to do that, and we know how well they play at home. But I haven't seen enough of them um, and dissected the tape enough to to feel confident about what they can or can't do on the ground in, in the playoffs. Now I'm just looking at all these offensive stats because I realized like a lot of them, the fourth team is Baltimore. Mm. Not all of them, but a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, including points uh, per game. Baltimore is fourth behind. If Miami scores, I think thirty. <laughs> if Miami scores thirty-eight tonight, they'll have they'll have that. They they'll might. have that moniker back there. Very well, might. <laughs> they Anybody. might do it, man. One, yeah. of, one of two Monday night football games that nobody asked for. <laughs> Tonight, speak for yourself. Who's does the Manning cast? Was is there a Manning cast? I'm not sure. And what sure. game do I they would, do? I would assume it's the Giants game, though. Why? It's the ABC one. The Giants. Yeah, but ABC is the other one. Giants Packers. I would assume that would be. That's where they would go. Do they do a Manning cast on two games? They might. They can. Do they start at the? They start at the same exact time. This is the dumbest thing ever. NFL giving us stuff no one asked for. I don't know why this went down. I have no clue. So with the the championship tier, is it just 49ers, Cowboys, Ravens, Dolphins? Well, you don't believe in that. And I'm not no, no, not no, no, like, no. I not, ask questions. I'm a broadcast like journalist. Not like that. I'm no. not writing off Kansas City. I need to see Kansas City losing the playoffs. I know they don't look great. 
I know Patrick threw a little temper tantrum. Andy didn't help, but I got to see them losing the playoffs. I'm, I'm, I get that, but right now they're. I think Kansas City. I think they're losing to Baltimore in the divisional round. I can see that. Yeah. I can see them losing to Miami. I can see them losing to anybody. What I just we, need to see it first. What do we? What do we do with Buffalo? They got to do more winning. There's nothing. They're, they're seven and six and still like the tenth team in the AFC right now. You're not gonna sell me on Buffalo. They didn't necessarily look great against Kansas City either. Yeah, you can run. You you can run this back in three months if I'm wrong. I ain't buying Buffalo. I didn't buy Buffalo when the season started. I'm not gonna buy them now. They've gotten themselves together to be. They're gonna be eight and six after next week. Cute. They've got too many. Conference. I don't care. There's too many tiebreakers. I gotta make up. I think. Yeah, I don't like them. I don't like Buffalo. And if Kadarius Tony knew Are you he was lining on up, Buffalo? I mean, no, Buffalo's not making the playoffs. No, oh, no, they're making. I think they're making a play. They're gonna beat the. They're gonna beat the Cowboys next week. They're gonna beat the Cowboys, and Miami might not have nothing to play for in that final game, so they'll probably win that game. But they need so many teams ahead of them to lose, though. That's gonna. That, but that's gonna put them at. Uh, that's gonna. That's gonna give them nine wins. Man. I don't know, man. Because you're gonna need the Texans to lose. You'll need the Browns to start losing games. The Texans no. will start losing. I can. You don't know. have to worry about that. Texans will start losing. Man, your Denver Broncos might make it. Yeah, they, they got, might make it. Denver Broncos might still win the division. Denver Broncos might now win the division. now. They won't because I think Kansas City, the the schedule lightens up for them. But I don't think Cincinnati's gonna keep winning. I don't think Houston's gonna keep winning. I don't think Indianapolis is gonna keep winning. I don't think Pittsburgh is gonna keep winning. Why are you writing off Houston? They got Tennessee, Cleveland. They got Tennessee twice coming up. Mm. And the Colts. Buffalo's got to win their next three to have a chance. I don't know about that. Mm. I don't know about that. Look at you rooting against D'Amico Ryan. Damn shame. Damn shame. No, it's fine. Look, hey, if we're if we're if we're if we're booking this thing, I definitely don't want the Texans to make it. Texans get blasted in the first round. Okay. Texans are Florida State. Well, now I don't want Buffalo to make it just on principle. <laughs> the, Tex- the Texans are Florida State. That's probably true. Nobody want to see them in the first So round. is Tampa Bay. That's probably true. Well, Florida State is Denver. Let's be real here. Nah, Denver might really do uh, something. Denver's. You guys you, <laughs> you buying Denver? Denver. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. And uh, we're probably <laughs> the only show in America who's gone two hours and 15 minutes without mentioning what happened with Shohei Atani this weekend. Eh. Uh, we've got all that coming up. Plus, uh, James Ham joins us. Stilo and Casey brought to you by Sky River Casino here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Hey, shout out to our brother Terrence Davis, TD. TD. Looks like he's headed to the Blazers G League affiliate. All right, there you go, TD. All right, TD, we rock with you always, TD. Hey, I don't know if you've you've paid attention to this at all. I think we retired sensational. And I gotta I gotta do a I gotta I gotta dig into the situation a little bit more. But have you seen what this John Morant court case has been going on today? No. The uh, uh I, I don't know if it's the lawyer or whatever, the plaintiff. The lawyer for the plaintiff or the actual, what's uh, the lawyer? Just for the kid? Yeah. Okay. They brought in a picture of John Morant dunking on Kevin Love to show the type of force that he can use just as a human being. It's like, wait a minute. And then they got Jaw off the stand 
And there's video of him showing how to pass a basketball. Okay. This is just sounding like a mess. Wait, this is, I'm sorry, I think you lost me. This is being used as evidence? This is in court. They had a court case today. Ja was there. Ja was on the stand. And they brought him around the stand and said, show me how you pass a basketball. Uh-huh. He's passing the basketball. And I like I haven't heard the audio, so I don't know exactly what's being said. But part of the, the, the plaintiff's case is a picture of him trying to dunk over Kevin Love. And it shows the amount of force John Moran can use while having a basketball or something like that. Are you... Are you insinuating he used the basketball as a weapon? Is Steve, this what the Warriors Steve, were worried about? Steve Kerr had anything to say about Is DeMontis Sabonis going to be in front of a judge <laughs> being asked to demonstrate a chess pass? <laughs> Watch out, he's got a basketball. <laughs> Sir, I'm going to need you to step away from the basketball. I don't mean to make light of this. I just don't think I understand. Yeah, I don't understand what the what these arguments. This sounds like a... I don't know. This sounds like a circus. That's that's what I'm thinking. And like it's the the things that were alleged to have happened are serious business. Like they was foul. But the way this argument is being presented is turning this into a circus. Like it, it feels like it's I'm sure eventually they're getting somewhere with this, but it feels like it's taken away from what I, I thought was the seriousness of what actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's that been on my timeline a little bit. It's like, what? Yeah, that's being a bad attorney. This that, that sounds ridiculous. That whole thing sounds ridiculous. Mm. Uh, jaw nearing a return, by the way. I think he's four games away. Shout out Chelsea Gray. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chelsea Gray joining uh, the coverage of the Sacramento Kings over at NBC Sports California. Of course, long-time listener to Dilo and Casey knew that months ago. Mm. Um, Did you? Well, you mentioned it. The Lakers, uh, after their in-season tournament or their NBA Cup championship, announced they're going to raise an in-season tournament championship banner inside crypto mm-hmm. uh, on December 18th. That's foul, right? Fair I don't care. Uh, I don't care. I mean, uh, if it's a well, – well, well, why, though? You, you want it on basketball reference. Why not put it on – why not? I don't think it, it don't make it look like, you know, make sure there is a clear distinction mm-hmm. between your championship banners. But if it's a tournament that you can win, I don't care if you put on goggles and pop champagne. I don't care if you hang up a banner. I don't care if you have an MVP or a trophy. Like, if you make it something competitive where you could win all that stuff, by all means, do your thing. Yeah, I don't think you need a banner. You can uh, you can have some kind of ode to it somewhere, but not the banner. The banner is for the NBA championships. Yeah, but some teams use them for divisional championships. Some people use banners for uh, retired numbers. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal. If you, it, you know, it, to me, if you wanted it to be a big deal, this is what you do. You do the champagne. You do you the think, trophy presentation. You think Adam Silver made him do it? No. I think so. I think you think Adam too. Silver made him do it? I, I think maybe he too. made them a banner and delivered it. And was like, hey, I think here's you your too. banner. Because uh, all, not all last week, but some of the things I heard last week is they didn't have any plans for this. They're like, they're not changing what they normally do. They only put banners up for championships. This was, the way it was reported was this was somebody asked the Lakers, a reporter, 
went and asked the Lakers, like, do you have plans if you win to raise? And, and they were told, like I said, the way it was reported, that reporter was told, no, our policy is only championship banners, NBA finals championship banners. I say this is and that's what we're doing. And now they're, they're going to raise a banner. So, so it feels here, like they, here, were, they were told so, by Adam Silver, no, you're raising a banner. Well, I, lo- I love I love the, the, the conspiracy theory, but who who were they talking to? They were talking to people who make those decisions? Like, were they talking to Jeannie Buss? Because if you weren't talking to Jeannie Buss, it probably doesn't matter. I'm trying to find out. I know exactly where it was, but I don't if I'm if I'm the NBA too, I'm telling whatever team like you're gonna put up a banner. We're gonna make this seem as important as it gets. That's fair too. Hey, but here's the thing though: if if I'm Adam, I present it in a way. Hey, we want you guys to hang a banner. Please continue to treat this like a big deal. By the way, this means more money for all of you. Well, every I, single one of you. And if we do this right, not only does it mean more money for you, it means a significant amount well, of more money for well, you. That's the case. Uh, Parade. When's the parade? Do that. <laughs> Do that. If that's the case, uh, yeah, I, I, I might find out exactly. The the guy um, Arash, because L.A. Times. Yeah. Yeah. Now, formerly of the L.A. Times, I think he's doing his own thing. Oh, good um, for him. But yeah, he had talked about it earlier in the week how um, they weren't. It, the things he had heard was they weren't going to. Um, post anything, but well, uh, maybe there was no plan. Things change. Well, things change. Did you get a uh, chance to see Bronny at all? I watched a little bit of Bronny. Before we get to Bronny, what did you watch the the final, the the, the tournament? The NBA. Uh, I had the two TVs going on for me. You know, boxing was going on too. So I had boxing and and the uh, NBA Cup going on. So yeah, I was watching it. I actually for a little bit um, was watch. Uh, was watching the Kevin Hart telecast. You know, I like the, mm-hmm. the little shoulder programming mm-hmm. and stuff Stop like that. Stop flopping LeBron. I saw that clip and that <laughs> made me flip over to it. Yeah, so I watched I watched that for a little bit too. And Something about it I didn't like. About it, the broadcast? Yeah, it felt kind of bubbleish to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the lighting, maybe it was the court, maybe it was the combination of the court and the lighting. Maybe it was two games in a row in Vegas. Mm-hmm. It just as I'm watching this, I was like, "Why do I feel like it's 2020?" Hmm. Like I'm not. Well, that I, seems I don't like know. the lighting for sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure crowd. it was. Yeah, 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 I'm sure it was. Plus, the reactions were weird. Like there were definitely Laker fans there, but I don't think the Laker fans cared that they won. Mm-hmm. It was. It was just weird. I, I don't know. It, I'm not saying it was bad. It was just weird. Like mm-hmm. it didn't. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. I didn't enjoy the final as much as I didn't enjoy the final as much I enjoy as I enjoyed the tournament. Maybe that was partly because of the way that that, that the game went. Lakers were kind of in control for virtually yeah. the entire second half. Um, it could have been a variety of things, but I know the lighting, the court made me feel like we were, you know, in Disney World all over again. And then when it was clear that the Lakers were going to win this, and Anthony Davis is having his big moment, it's like a tepid crowd reaction, and it's like. Is this Vegas people? Not a lot of Laker people. Is it that the crowd is split? Like what? What is causing this reaction? It didn't have a didn't have a didn't have a championship vibe to it. To I, I think uh, a little bit of that had to do with the crowd and the fact that the crowd um, 
was, you know, there there was a lot of Laker fans in Vegas, but still, like, it's just kind of a bunch of random people, you know, mm-hmm. that just there to see a game. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a whole lot of rooting interest. I know the NBA went heavy on the NBA influencers being there. Like, there was yeah, a gang of influencers yeah. there. Um, and Flava Flav. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there, that, that could have added to that not being a Because they're not something. interested. Yeah, they're just kind of watching the game or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So that's kind of the, the thing when you have a neutral site thing, and we don't ever really see neutral site situations in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we're not used to in that platform as well. Yeah, it's <laughs> certain, like, all-star game vibes to it. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. Those guys yeah, for sure. Uh, but, so I found a tweet. Arash, who been covering the Lakers for probably 25 years or something mm-hmm. like that. He's he's connected. I don't know if he talked to Jeannie, but he talked to somebody in the Lakers. He said on, I think this was Friday, no, maybe Thursday, he says, I'm told the Lakers currently have no plans to change their stance on only hanging banners for NBA championships. They don't hang banners for Western Conference titles, Pacific Division titles, and for now, he put that in parentheses, potential NBA in-season tournament titles, only NBA titles. So, Maybe that was their stance, and maybe they got a phone call. Not like, you better do this, but like, yo, this is what we're trying to do. This would, this would help out. Like, treat it a certain way. And maybe that's what happened. Do we have summer league ban- a summer league banner up? No. <laughs> a California Classic banner up? <laughs> no. Why Just the hell not? Oh, we definitely don't need those. Well, they're championships. Hang banners for championships. Hell, is the Monarchs banner even up there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. For sure. Remember, it disappeared for a while. Really? Not, a, not at Golden One. I don't think it dis- I don't think it ever disappeared at Golden One. I don't, what the hell? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, that banner was not up. Come on, man. For, I, I, I don't remember if it was the final year. I think it was the final years of Maloofs, the Maloofs. I don't think it overlapped to the Vivek era, mm. but I can't remember. But I know for a while that banner was not hanging come on now um well in that in that game uh we were talking about a little bit on the on the handoff (laughs) the lakers only had two threes they destroyed the pacers in the paint i think it was 83 points in the paint yeah uh just destroyed them and me and james were talking about how is this potentially the blueprint to playing the pacers because it felt like the lakers were like they only took 13 threes like it's not like they were two of 30, mm-hmm. they only took 13 threes. Mm-hmm. And what that told me was they're like, we're not going to allow the Pacers to be bailed out for not playing defense. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to defend, we're going to go to the cup the entire game. Mm-hmm. They scored 123 points. They made two threes. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that's a little bit of a playoff formula, and that could be the blueprint to this place, this Pacers team. And that's why I just keep getting stuck on the Pacers. Like, what are they? Because at some point, you have to play some form of defense. Like something. And that's why I keep drawing back to, is this Sacramento last year or is this Sacramento with Dave Yeager? Mm -hmm. Because it's one of the two. And if they maintain this clip that they're at, hey, okay, I got you. Then then it's last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if they don't, it falls a lot closer. Remember, what was... Was it thirty? The, the Kings were five hundred. Is that they, what it was? They ended up with thirty nine. They didn't. Uh, they didn't win forty. Yeah, but they were they were five hundred late in the season mm-hmm. somewhere. I mean, obviously, probably they, the they last twenty games barely, of the season. Yeah, barely well. below five hundred. Yeah. But 
you know, Dave Yeager the whole season was like, yeah, this is a mirage. Mm-hmm. We're just covering up a lot. And, 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 you know, I mean, all indications are the Pacers are in on the trade market. I don't know that it necessarily means they're trying to improve defensively, mm-hmm. but a switch over. You have a couple of guys on your roster that do not play, like, at all. Mm-hmm. Not a lick of it. Well, this is the conundrum with the point guard a lot of times. Like, he's not – He's he's that good on offense that you overlook it, and he's you maybe go old. find somebody mm-hmm. to to play alongside him. Like they got a guy like Bruce Brown already that you find somebody you know to to play defense on the side of him. But Tyrese is never going to defend. Mm-hmm. He's going to defend, and it's it's going to be straight line drives uh, going up against him a lot of times. And and, it was and a lot of that you, the other night. Yeah, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? I think. Even there's you, one, sorry, there's one particular play. I think it's LeBron. I think it's LeBron, but Tyrese is on him and it's happening in real time where he gets by him and you just see Tyrese's reaction like And I'm not I'm not killing Tyrese. Like it's a for real clip where you just see like his exasperation, like they just keep going to the rack. Yeah. They did not bail them out. They did not build it like you're not going to defend. We just going to keep going to the cup. And some of that is strategy. Some of it is the Lakers have the personnel Mm -hmm. to be able to execute that. Um, But I think that's going to be the case. And that's why I think they're more Jaeger Kings than last year's Kings, because last year's Kings wasn't this great defensive juggernaut, but they showed they will defend. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fourth quarter numbers speak to that. Um, The way we've seen them play in the playoffs Speak to that as well. Indiana hasn't shown much of anything. I guess maybe you want to say that Boston game uh, where they got some stops late, you know, the the, the playing game, or excuse mm-hmm. me, the in-season tournament game. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've watched Indiana quite a bit. I've never seen any type of want to play defense. And you probably won't tonight as uh, they go visit the Detroit Pistons. Oh, well, that's a good way to get back – um, to their winning ways. The Pistons have lost so many games in a row. It's now like the conversation is like, we can't be the ones. Yeah. We can't be Are the they team. Are they at 20, 21? They're at 19. They're at 19 with, with uh, the Pacers getting the honor uh, if they take care no, of business of making it It won't be Indiana. They're putting, up, they're putting up 140 tonight. They cooking tonight. That's fair. Hey, I, I tweeted this out, and I'm going to give um, people the opportunity. I'm going to give yourself. I'm going to give Jesse, uh, James Ham when he comes in here, um, and you in the chatty house, anybody in Sacramento who wants to call, uh, 916-909-1320. I'm owed an apology. People need to apologize to me. Why, Kenny? For Cam Reddish. You thought it was a joke. People thought I was crazy. Now this guy's playing 30 minutes a night on a team that, what, what's the Lakers, like 15 and 9? He's the, one of their best defenders. Apologize to me, man. What is it, the movie Little Big League, where he's like, oh, yeah, I saw him hit a regular single and he's losing his mind. <laughs> Apologize to me. You mean to tell me we wouldn't want to have Cam Reddish on this team the way he's playing with the Lakers? We wouldn't want him on the Lakers, on the Kings? Don't need Cam Reddish, I don't think. Better than Harrison. You said it. That was tough. Wow. 
Who you rather have right now, Cam, Cam Reddish or Harrison Barnes? Harrison Barnes. Okay. So just to be like, no, like, who are you talking to? All the doubters. All the, there's a lot of people that didn't want to see us in this championship game. Us? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? First, wow. First of all, first of all, whoa. His, his music. Let's hit his music. Let's hit challenge his music. Let's challenge okay. your like no. Show. Let's wow. challenge this 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 insane notion that you guys have. Who said that? Did I say win the championship? Who said that? When you talk about who said this about you? I said there's a lot of people who didn't want to see us in this championship game. Who said it? You did about Stop you it. and Stop the it. Lakers. Did Stop you, it. You heard this. The whole Stop. world heard it. Look you just it. said us in the championship. Nobody wanted to see us Look. in the championship. What are you Stop. talking about? You said chat house. Tap in. Yo, they tapped in. Yeah, they were they my here. apology. They here. Where my apology. What are you they doing with him? <laughs> wow. With my apology since y'all up in here. No wonder you've been so disinterested in talking about the Kings today. You couldn't wait to get to the Lakers in your in-season tournament championship. I bet you and Jason Jones were in Vegas together. Absolutely not. Wow, that was Cameron crazy. Is playing well. I don't. I don't know that anyone ever had an objection of to Cam Reddish being here. Oh, they thought it was crazy. Well, no, I think the thing was the the price tag was always twenty five cents, and it was like, hey, get this done. Who cares? I don't think. I think everyone That's was indifferent. Was it was like whatever. Like go go do it. They never did it. I think uh, the last deal, not the Lakers one. Yeah, he it was. Nick, there was one. It was. It was a to it, somewhere else. It was a salary clearing. A salary clearing thing where it's like, well, the Kings couldn't have done that. Like they didn't have the space to do it. It was a Portland. Then, I don't think it was. I think he went from like the Knicks to somewhere. That was Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant got the salary clearing deal to Portland. Yeah, he went from Knicks to somewhere. <laughs> Made up for, for it quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> now this this to be fair, this is the first time for the most part in his career. That he's, uh, you know, he's done anything. They went, yeah, he went next to Portland. That's right. As Knicks much to Portland you, as much as salary you, dump. as much as you want to go like me and Cam against the world, I don't think anyone had a single issue with Cam Reddish. No, I thought I was crazy. I hey, don't. You can tell yourself that over and I don't think anyone did. Everyone just knew you loved Cam Reddish. I said, bring him in here, man. Bring him in. Well, the they don't control the team. I think most people were like, I think most people were like, give Kenny Cam Reddish so he'd shut up. Mm-hmm. Be, really, they took Cam over HB and then said us in the championship all in one full swoop. Tough. Wow. Like I said, championship tough. game. That is what Rick Carlisle said, you smart asses. Oh, I didn't hear Rick Carlisle. I heard you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, real quick on uh, Friday with the Change with the, the Kings subject. game. No, with with the Kings game. Did you see that uh, situation? <laughs> I thought this was funny when they got into it with Nurkic, and it wasn't even oh, yeah. him who did anything. <laughs> well, Nurkic was standing. Well, Nurkic was standing over uh, Keon. Keon took a bump. <laughs> yeah, and Nurkic was like, "Come on, bro." Keon took a bump, and Nurkic is just standing over him, like, "Hey, come on, man." Nurkic, Nurkic wasn't even the one that touched him. It was Booker who pushed him. No, I don't. I, but I think Nurkic was standing over him like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. Come on, seriously. Rightfully so. Well, yeah, no, Keon took a bump. Ke- I'm surprised we haven't gotten a message about a Keon Ellis fine yet. <laughs> and, then, and then Monk and Fox go to Nurkic like, hey, 
bro. Keep your hands off him. Hey, that's what you do. <laughs> hey, well, at least they didn't put him in a headlock. <laughs> I thought that was a whole hilarious NBA moment right there. That was. I thought it was funny, too, because I don't think Nurkic meant any harm <laughs> no, by it. I think he was looking down at him like, bro, get up. But, hey, that's hey, I think Fox is itching for a fight. Like, Darren, Darren just wants to get out there one time. Is there anybody on Brooklyn he might fight? Maybe Spencer Dinwiddie. I could see him talking, uh, talking mess. I think, I think, I think, I think Fox knows he's that dude, and he likes talking a little bit. That Nurkic clip was hella funny. I was, though. I laughed at watching that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> These funny. dudes are hilarious. I love the NBA. Doug pulling guys back. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Nurkic, Nurkic wasn't doing it, and Keon knows he took a bomb. <laughs> the, the funny thing, the funny thing to me is, I can imagine. Fox and Monk not seeing what happened at all. Mm-hmm. Turned around seeing Keon laid on the ground. Nurk is standing over him. Like, hey, what you do to him, bro? Hey, back up. Hey, what the hell's wrong with you? Nurkish is literally looking at him like, your boy fell. Y'all calm down. Your boy <laughs> fell. I was dying watching that. I was weak. We might have to watch that clip during the commercial break. <laughs> um, James Ham joins us when we return. We've got to address the Shohei Atani stuff. We'll do all of that. Stilo and Casey brought to you by Sky River Casino here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. All right. Just uh, so we don't become the only show in America that had four hours to talk and just completely gloss over the Shohei Atani news, let's bring that in here before we talk. Uh, Kings basketball with James Ham, of course, James Ham of the Insiders, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. here on ESPN 1320. With us now ahead of the Kings and Nets uh, coming up tonight at the G1C. Uh, news broke this weekend, 10 years, $700 million, mm. 70 per year. There was all talk about how high that contract would get. I didn't think it would get that high. I really didn't. He's rich. Uh, I didn't think he was going to get that many years. Ten years, seven hundred million dollars. The Dodgers have already said he's a designated hitter next year. Hopes to go back to being a two-way player the following year. And there you have it. Shohei Itani doesn't even have to leave his house. That's kind of crazy that they paid that much for a designated hitter. Well, that's the thing. If you're Shohei, like, how much longer? Like, you know, the injuries come. Like, if I'm the Do- like, if I'm Shohei, I'm telling the Dodgers, hey, I'm probably not going to pitch after two years. Deal's already signed. Yeah. Given the injuries that he's already had. Yeah, I think like, he wants he, to pitch, though. That's yeah, the I'm, thing. I'm sure he does. But, the, I mean, it's his second Tommy John. Yeah. yeah. The best part would be if he just had his interpreter tell him. <laughs> That's it. He he like he wants to be like, a designated. What did he say? <laughs> he said he's not pitching anymore. <laughs> wait, wait. Well, what? He said he's not pitching anymore. Okay. How much is a contract <laughs> worth for a, a hitter, Shohei Atani? Because he's obviously really, really good at that. It depends. Uh, on, it depends on. Is what? it still forty to fifty? Yeah, it's five hundred million. Uh, I don't know. We've never seen this before. To be honest with you, We've never seen a, a hitter only. And like we're talking about, literally a hitter only. Mm-hmm. Not, you don't play the field. Mm-hmm. He just hits, and then he was a pitcher too. But now that's gone for next year. So literally, just a hitter. The thirty, the forty home runs, a hundred and twenty RBIs, batting three ten, 
Yes, that's worth seven hundred million if you're if you're the the Dodgers. Can the, can the Dodgers put in like stipulations like they need him to pitch in like a certain amount or something no, like that? Because that's what they're late. paying for. Yeah, too it's, late. It's too, that's the that's the your point. It's too late. Yeah. If you if you had those concerns or those things that you wanted to do, it, it needed to be done beforehand. This is insane. This from Jeff Pass, and I was reading about this earlier. I don't even understand how this is legal. Shohei Itani's seven hundred million. So I, I I I was reading about the deferment that they were doing, mm-hmm. but I didn't. the The extent is incredible because there is a. I put I put, I put the exact phrase. Th- there is a. What is it? A competitive balance tax. It's it's similar to a salary cap, but it's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. But there's percentages and all of these different things. There's repeat offenders. There's all of that stuff. They're going to avoid that, despite the fact that this make, man makes seventy million dollars per year for the next ten years. Mm. Shohei Itani seven. This is from Jeff Passan. Shohei Itani's seven hundred million dollar contract calls for him to be paid two million dollars a year for the next ten seasons, with six hundred and eighty million dollars deferred until the end of the deal. The it says CBT, which I'm assuming is competitive balance tax hit mm-hmm. on the contract, is going to be around $46 million. Jeez. A huge discount for the Los Angeles Dodgers, which means the Dodgers can continue to go out and spend money on whoever they want. So wait, is he just like independently wealthy? Yeah, I, I don't, I do <laughs> like not. Two million, uh, like, do they, can they give him loans? Like, there's got to be some loophole there because $2 million a year, I mean, it sounds a lot. Well, how but, much money does he have? Well, we're talking about that's in LA. That's not that much money. Like, well, yeah, but this probably, is, the last contract was probably a $100 million deal. Oh, I don't know. That's a good no question. one look. No one oh, look. Yeah. No one look. Oh, yeah. I have not looked. Let's see. Hang on. Oh, I, I don't. Yeah. Is, is there a is there a baseball page that does this stuff? I think so. <laughs> I think I can look. My guess. No, no, no. Don't look. Okay, I think I got it. I, I think I got him on spot track. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, career earnings. Okay. All right, I think we could do this. Okay. Career earnings, six seasons. Six seasons. Well, this is weird. Oh, this is going to be tough. <laughs> this is going to be tough. Six seasons, all for the Animal a- Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles, Orange County. The most money he made. Wait, are we guessing? Or do yeah. We guess? Okay. No, we're guessing. Yeah, we're guessing. All he right. tells you the, the most he's made in a year, and then you take that and try to figure out. Well, see, out that's the weird part. The most he made in a year was last year. And it was $30 million. <laughs> Six seasons for Shohei Itani. No draft. Came over from Japan. 29 years old. Six seasons. Obviously, that this doesn't include the new deal. Uh, since James is new to this, James, we will go to you first. Six seasons for Shohei Itani. The most money he's made was $30 million last year. I'm going to guess... $68 million total. James Ham says $68 million. Kenny Caraway. $130 million. Uh, $130 million. And just because 
Our other music disappeared. <laughs> Jesse, we got KC at 130. We got James at 68. Jesse's not in there. He has no idea this is happening. He's missed it. That's tremendous. <laughs> Jesse will get an L on his record for not being here. This is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. The man is not here. Well, well I guess he lost. On him. I guess yeah. he gets the L. And James Ham gets the dub. What? $42.2 million. I told you, I tr- I tried to tell you the $30 million was confusing. Yep. It was $5 million, $3 million, $259,000. Like he- I thought he got a crazy deal to come over here. I thought, like, he wasn't, I wow. didn't think he was looked at. I didn't think he got paid like a rookie to come over here. I thought, because there was, you had to pay to talk so to him. So was that... Uh, arbitration deal that he got last oh, year. Yes. Like, how did is yeah, that? Is that what happened? Right. Yeah, because you had to pay to yeah. talk to him. I thought it was. Turn I thought it was big money. Turn this off. I mean, he signed. Yeah. The, the, there was a signing bonus for two point three. He had two separate signing bonuses for two point three million dollars. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna guess his his um, rookie. His original deal was a four year ten million, right around ten million. Yeah, so I mean, he made thirty million bucks last year, so maybe he can float it for a while. But that's uh, that's a lot of money to defer. Well, does he have uh, endorsements? And it, it, it that is an an absolutely insane amount of money to defer. Is that, I, I don't even understand how that's legal. Is that mm-hmm. a baseball thing or a California thing? What like that money to defer? It's a baseball thing. Yeah, so it probably was going to happen no matter where he went. Yeah, well, by all so accounts, it's not like. I chose choosing the Dodgers over the Yankees. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he would have went to the Yankees, he wouldn't have got all the money. He would have done the same thing. I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand how that practice is legal. Mm. Like, from a competitive standpoint. Like, if you, there's no deterrent because of this to pay a player a billion dollars. We'll just pay him a billion dollars at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Because we can still, the, and in the Dodgers case, we can go still sign every free agent on the planet. Because we're the L.A. Dodgers and we have the money, mm-hmm. and we're only paying Shohei Itani two million dollars. That's wild. You take that other sixty-eight and you put it in some investment. You're making money now on the Shohei Itani deal. You take the sixty-eight million dollars that you're saving, you put it in some sort of investment account. By the time this ten years up and there's six hundred and eighty million dollars you got to pay to Shohei Itani, it's in an account that probably has nine hundred million dollars in it. I mean, that's insane. The the reason the reason why it's uh, I guess legal is because everybody can do it. I guess, I, man, that is, I've never that seen is anything like that. That's, that's, no, hey, that's crazy. Hey, you miss pocket watchers. You I just want to let you know that <laughs> you miss pocket watchers. So what? Kenny got to steal a win because the champ wasn't here. No, well, James no, won. Didn't count. you can't even win when I'm not here? Didn't it didn't count because Jesse wasn't here. <laughs> I had to step out. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a quick six. Six seasons. The most money he made was last year. It was thirty million. Shohei Itani. What's his career earnings? Not counting the so new far. Deal. Yeah. Let's go two fifteen. Oh yeah, not even close. I you, still you, win. You, That's you, a you, win you, for yeah. me. No, it's That's not. That's a win. I was closest. James won. No. Well, <laughs> well, what was what is it? It's thirty. It was forty-two million dollars. <laughs> Why did I go so high? I don't know. So did KC. The only one that was close was James, and he was twenty Shohei's million. Shohei's a baller. That's why. That's the goat right there. Wild.
Wow, that is that 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 is just absolutely incredible. So absolutely incredible. The other aspect of this is just like we all thought. Giants strike out again. Um, yes. There's no confidence in, in these guys to do anything. Do you know? This is something I learned over the uh, over the weekend. Charles Johnson, uh, owner or the guy who owns the majority of the Giants or whatever. The richest owner in Major League Baseball, valued at six point four billion dollars net worth. Mm. So if he would have got wind that hey Shohei's got a seven hundred million dollar deal on the table, and this is before we know these little hacks that they have, mm-hmm. if you don't up that to eight hundred million, oh you you're worth six six billion. Your well, your team is garbage. Six, he's worth six billion because he doesn't. Throw his money around. I'm sure. Well, <laughs> let me ask you something. Is this All right, that, that does once again? He's worried about making money. This is what I said a long time ago. They're worried about making money, not about winning baseball games. They don't care about baseball. Uh, the, the Giants yeah, front office and I, ownership they don't care about. I baseball. I think there's only a handful of owners that actually care. And Man. yeah, you're probably right. He's not one. Probably right. He's not one. So I ask you, ten years, seven hundred million dollars. Is this investment going to pay off? Well, now that I know the structure of the contract, it's going to pay off for the Dodgers, but let's play I mean, along here for make, a second. They'll make money for sure. The thing for them on the field is about winning a, a championship. Until I see them win a championship, I, I, I can't say they're going to win one. I mean, I would, I would be surprised if they didn't, but I've been surprised a handful of times when they didn't. Like, how are you guys going to lose this time? You didn't got Mookie Betts. How are you going to lose this time? You got Manny Machado. How are you going to lose this time? You got Granky and Kershaw. Like, how are you going to – and they lose every time. So until they actually win, I just got to see it. What if they go the duration of this deal and um, the Dodgers only win um, one ring with Otani? I would say it's worth it because that's – they need to it's win One more ring than you have. <laughs> They, they 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 have to win a championship. I don't know. I I don't think there's any way he's going to live up to the deal. I think the last four years will probably be like pretty close to dead money. Like I just don't see it. He's had again two Tommy John surgeries. He's a great hitter, but like we're talking about age thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty nine. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. I think that they're going to flush a good two fifty, two hundred fifty million down the toilet. In, in this deal, I mean, look at Miguel Cabrera. I mean, they were paying that guy so much money the last couple of years, and he's just a shell of himself. And but a shell of himself making thirty something million dollars a year. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think he can live up to it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong though. That's a as great as he is. That's a lot for a guy who only hits. And I know they say he's going to pitch, but even then, I mean, even if he, even if he does do both. I mean, he's pitching every five days. How much can you really run him out there? A guy that's coming to, like coming off two Tommy Johns. You're going to start him 38 times, and then the playoffs next the following year when he can pitch, mm-hmm. and think he's going to hold up. Like, I, I, I think the Dodgers and the Giants are in two different places. If I was the Giants, they have a selling tickets issue and trying to make money for their franchise issue. And I think you go and do everything you can to get that type of attraction. And in San Francisco, if I was the Dodgers, I might have thought about passing on Otani if that was the price tag. Yeah, I mean, I, like, look, Otani's a huge draw. 
and even the Dodgers can use a draw. Anyone can use a draw. I mean, Major League Baseball is not like it's just, you know, selling out every night. So uh, he will fill the seats, and I, I guess that's that's part of the equation when it comes to how much money you're going to pay him. But that's just a ton of money. I like, I, I don't know. I, he's like his. He's been MVP twice, right? Silver Slugger twice. Like this is a really really good player. I just don't know that over the course of time, what are you going to, you're not getting 300 starts over the next 10 years. Yeah. You're not, you might be lucky if you get 200. Well, so. this contract will look like nothing when De'Aaron's five year, $379 million contract in yeah. a couple of years. Uh, just a quick follow up. We're going to talk Kings basketball with, with, with James Ham here. But um, since everybody was, had an opinion on it, Dave McMiniman tweeted this uh, uh, not too low. Uh, the Lakers will indeed unveil a banner to recognize their in-season tournament uh, in the rafters of Crypto.com Arena on December 18th against the Knicks. There will be a couple important distinctions. It will be a completely different shape and color than the final championship banners. And this I actually think is pretty dope. There will be one IST banner that will reflect the 2023 win and any subsequent wins uh, will be added to the same banner. Mm. So wait, they're so gonna, it's completely yeah. different. They're, are they going to pass the banner around, or is there just going to be spaces for there? Well, uh, if the Lakers win more, there's just a standard type of banner that that say say the the Grizzlies win next year, they get the same type of banner mm. and put it in their. Oh, that's arena, not right? what I. That's not how I read this at all. I read that this was the Lakers' idea. Oh, the Lakers will hang a a, a banner that will reflect one. Like, if they win the championship next year, it's going on the same banner. There's not going to be 10 in-season tournament Got banners right, right, right. hanging at Crypto.com. Yeah, that makes sense, too. Um, of course, I didn't read it the way that you guys did. So I, I, That makes sense, It'd be though. funny I mean, if the Lakers take it down and hand it to whoever wins no, next no, year. No, and what I was saying was James, James was asking a legit question if it's, the banner is going to be moved from city to city. I was just saying, did the NBA create – a uh, uh, specific banner that the Lakers now have, and if like a red, white, and blue banner, I'm gonna guess. And then no. the Grizzlies win next year, and they get the same type of red, white, and blue banner. I'm gonna guess no, banner. because the teams are in charge of their own banners too. If just being like picky, if I'm Genie, that'd look awful. You got all that gold and purple, and now you want me to hang up a red, white, and blue banner like. Mm. Nah, I'm it clashes. Gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Like, it make our arena look like hell. I'm not gonna do that. No, that banner Plus, up there. Those are clashes. low key Clipper colors. Like, I'm not doing that. Well, the Clippers ain't even gonna be there no more. Well, it's all right. And, and I don't want that banner hanging in here no more. <laughs> didn't and I they, didn't want that stupid picture of Doc Rivers in my building oh, either. Damn. Didn't the, didn't the Doc. Kings run the red, white, and blue court when the Clippers came through town? They did. Yeah, it's yeah, like, hey, here's that, home court well, for you. People really yeah. get upset about that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, that one looked. A it lot was strange. kind of funny because of the jerseys they had on. It was like, hey, this is weird. This is weird. I really didn't like that court either, to be honest. Maybe it was because of like I like the gray one a lot. That it was like I think that was like the next game. Yeah. Like, oh, this is boring. The red should have been blue, in my opinion. But that's crazy. I can't believe blue. he's making all that money, and they're deferring so much money. Oh, we're back to Shohei. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. That, that's absolutely the, the deferment thing is just absolutely insane to me. Yeah. Absolutely insane. 
Uh, Kings 12 and 8, 20 games into the season. How's everyone feeling? Fine. Better yeah. than 11 and 9, which is what they were last year. Okay. Well, optimism. There we go. I like it. I mean, the, the, the quarter mark of the season is approaching here. And over they got four games over the next six days with the Nets tonight, the Clippers, the Thunder, the Jazz. Do we have an update on Malik? No, I was looking earlier. Was there a shoot around and was anyone there? I, I there was a shoot around, but I don't know if anyone was there because I went to your 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 partners on the the Kings beat and neither one of them were there. Poor, and I looked at other people. Or Sean's like, probably still recovering. He had a busy day yesterday, but yeah, yeah he's been really busy. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, as far as the the injury report, I would make one distinction here. It it says he's questionable with an with an injury slash illness dash N slash A illness. Um, I haven't seen that distinction, and I also uh, that's a weird distinction because we have not seen a non COVID related illness attached to it. So I, I don't know. Like we're gonna have to wait and see what happens here, whether he's he's there when we get there or not. Um, and Colby Jones is questionable as, as well with the low back with low back soreness. Hmm. Carrying the G League squad. Well, they signed hey, they signed a, a random wing guy yesterday. Did that that make you feel a little better? Well, I didn't see it. <laughs> they signed some guy from Europe. Not, not he's the, not European, but he played European ball six five. Nobody ever heard of him. Is that that is that better? Then Stanley Johnson, <laughs> you were pretty hard on Stanley Johnson, bro. I can't lie. Like, oh, I wasn't hard on Stanley. He was Johnson. hard on the Stockton Kings. You, yeah, That's you, I was so hard on the, really hard the on idea Johnson. behind. So, so the, the, my point when we had that conversation was, I think the guy's name is Marcus Brown or something like that. If they would would have signed Marcus Brown, the only reason that we were doing that is because Stanley Johnson had played in the NBA. That's the only reason. Years. That, so okay, so if they <laughs> sign this guy that nobody's ever heard of, that shows that they're about de- developing now, right? Oh, I don't, I don't. I'd have to look and see what it, how old he is, and all that stuff. I, I have no idea. Uh, I didn't see this, uh, this addition, so I'm not sure who he is. I ain't never heard of the guy. I think it was like Thursday or something like that. But either way. Um, I did want to ask you something else, Doham, about the Kings and the way that they're playing basketball. Um, Will Z had a bunch of numbers about how they, um, the, where the shots are coming from on the offensive end. And, you know, they were tops in the league and, you know, off ball screens or whatever the case may be. And this year they're in the 20s and they're higher up in isolations and in pick and rolls. And what those numbers said to me, just looking at the numbers, was, oh, they're turning this team more into a De'Aaron Fox team offensively. And I think Mike and those guys may believe you're going to need more of that in the postseason. I feel like that's what they're talking about when trying to get them to reach another level. You need a guy that is used to and can take games over by himself if need be. And I think that's the transition it seems like they're making when you combine the numbers that he has, the way that he's playing. Do you see the same thing with how the offense is doing, like where the offense is is going, the direction it's going in? Yeah, I I mean, in all actuality, like Fox has taken like 
per 36, he's taken like two and a half more shots per game than he did last year, which is, you know, a pretty substantial like jump. But the fact that he's playing 36 and a half minutes a game means he's just on the court a lot more than he has been in past years, which is pretty substantial. I mean, because on paper, he's he's shooting over four shots per game more than he did last year, 4.3 shots per game more than his 18.2 per game last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, a lot of that's because he's on the court for an extra three minutes. Um, and, and that matters. And I, I, you know, and again, if you're on the court, it's not just that he's on the court. I think he's on the court in crucial moments where he's going to be asked to score a bunch. Mm. So, um, like, look, at some point, you're going to have to worry about running him into the ground a little bit, especially when you're asking him to play so much on the defensive end and then turn around and be your best player on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. But it sure does look like it is like a De'Aaron Fox team. And then it's Demonis Sabonis, and then it's like a free-for-all where everyone is fighting for scraps a little bit. The the numbers that I was talking about, just I'm not going to go down all of them, mm-hmm. but some of them were like last year in pick-and-roll, man, they were ninth. This year they're first. Last year in post-ups, they were 16th. This year they're 26th. Spot-up shots, they were fifth last year. They're 28th now. Handoff, they were second last year. They're 18th now. Cuts, seventh last year. 20th now so it and I didn't look at the tape to you know see what the stuff is but just reading those numbers and then you know seeing their first in isolation now and first in pick and roll man it sounds and then just seeing Fox's production the shots he's taken you know he's got 30 attempts you know games at this point it seems like maybe they're making more of a transition into uh, him being in complete control of the offense yeah I mean it's not like out of the realm of possibility. I mean, like the numbers are are saying that he's he's like a much more like active participant in the offense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can also say the same thing about like Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray and, and uh, Harrison Barnes. Like they're losing shots left and right, mm-hmm. uh, especially like the last couple of weeks. Like Kevin Herter had that stretch where he was really good. I mean, Kevin Herter's down to twelve point three points per game. You know, his, uh, his field goal attempts are, have dipped all, all the way down to 10.3 per game. His minutes are down like three from last year. So, like, there are a lot of guys who are having to share share the wealth here, and that's before Keegan even starts going. If you get Keegan going, you're going to see him jump up and start taking a bunch more shots. So, uh, like, I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of offensive opportunity, but there's also a lot of hungry mouths on this team to feed. And real quick, Dame, uh, the other aspect that we talk about Fox, but it feels like, once again, I don't have the numbers in front of me to necessarily back it up. I'm just going on the field. feels like Malik Monk is taking a bigger role in the offense this year, playing more minutes, getting more shot attempts, and he's a pick-and-roll isolation-type player as well. So, you know, that that may go into that aspect as, as well. Yeah, I think they're, they're definitely playing a lot more pick-and-roll than they did last year. It's something that we kept asking for. Like, I, I like the DHO, but you're so good in the pick and roll. Why aren't you going to it? And it does feel like they're doing a lot more pick and roll early on. Um, and then down the stretch of games, you know, that's when you really start running the same play again and again and again. And, like, using the pick and roll to really, you know, to end a game quickly. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just a super efficient offense. As far as, like, you know, shots taken and all that stuff, like, we're seeing a little bit in uptick from a guy like Malik Monk. Like Kevin Herter, 
I mean, really, he's only down like 0.2 shots per game off of what he was last year. But the difference is he's averaging three points less per game, which is a little surprising that it's that dramatic. But you're seeing Harrison Barnes shots take a huge dip. You're seeing Keegan Murray from last year to this year taking a pretty substantial jump. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is I think you have a lot of other secondary players who actually are offensive players where, you know, if Terrence Davis was playing like on a regular basis, he would have been taking, you know, five or six shots every game. And that's actually a lot for a guy who's only playing, you know, say 14 to 15 minutes a night to take that many shots. But we're seeing guys like Sasha Vizenkov stepping right into that and taking that that sort of role where he's he's shooting more than that. And Trey Lyles is shooting more than he did last year. So some of these secondary pieces are actually like taking advantage or at least hoisting up shots where last year it seems like it was a little bit less. So is the offense this year worse or just different? Well, it's not as good. I mean, I, like by the end of the season, though, the tweaks that they're making, the things that they're installing right now, may make it way better. Mm-hmm. And and I think way better than now, or way better than last year. Well, it, it could even be more sustainable than last year. Mm-hmm. So I thought when we got to the playoffs, like the the Golden State Warriors made them very one dimensional. That's what you just kept. It's like the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And then if you can't break through like the first line of defense. It's just a bunch of dudes passing the ball around the outside. So that's what it started to look like. And it was like, hey, why aren't we seeing more pick and roll? Why aren't we seeing some of these other aspects of the game that they should be really good at? And the fact was, they hadn't been doing it all year. So like, you don't typically call a play like 25 times when you only usually run it three or four times a game. It's just a totally different dynamic to your offense. So I am surprised that they're not getting as many open looks uh, like what if, if I haven't seen the stats, but that's what you're saying, or they're not taking as many wide open looks, but not really. Cause look at how we keep talking about Harrison Barnes, not shooting the ball. It's, he's not getting opportunities to shoot the ball. So, you know what I mean? It, it like, they're still getting paint touches. They're still getting all that stuff. But, but when you go from, you know, 9.6 shots per game last year and 10.8 the year before down to 8.5, you're just not getting the same opportunity. And, He's shooting half as many free throws. So that shows you that not only is he not getting enough shots, he's not even getting the opportunity to go shoot the ball. His usage percentage is down. All of that stuff is way down. And so, yeah, maybe you're right. It is more like the sort of the power of the offense is shifting more towards De'Aaron Fox. Mm. Did did you guys, uh, you guys didn't do that same thing this year that they did last year where Mike Brown like walked the media through the, Offense and defense. You guys didn't do that. We didn't. We didn't get it. uh, We didn't do it this year. So I'm not sure why that is, but it's okay. Like I mean, we had a good idea of what they were doing last year. I'd like it if they updated us, but like I don't think they want us knowing everything they're doing, and they were kind of hiding out with stuff. I don't think Mark Jones believes you can move your feet. (laughs) No, and you know what, Mark Jones is right. Like I, I didn't like I laughed when I saw that. Like I love Mark, we're friends, and I, like he's right. Like there ain't no shuffling left in, the, in this guy. Yeah, there's no lateral <laughs> quickness left. Clip. We didn't we didn't see that live. It was just on Twitter. Like oh no, James Ham catching strays. Of course, that's the tweet. James Ham catching strays from Mark Jones, and I'm like, wait, 
no no he's not they're good and then finally the clip gets posted it was like oh okay that's funny well that and you know like if we're gonna like like i would just go back at him and say okay are you like papa elf there (laughs) like because he's the way that they took the video was tilted so katie was really close to their (laughs) screen and mark jones is over there in the corner and the size disparity between the two of them in the in the it shot, was, I'm like, okay. It was like the the video that the NBC cameras took, and the person who screenshot it on their phone, he was like sideways. <laughs> it looked it looked extra crazy. Yeah, it did look extra crazy. <laughs> and like when we had the the night that everything shut down, the pandemic night, like I had to do reports on the court standing next to Katie, and she's wearing you know four to six inch heels. Like there's nothing you can do in that situation. You just like. Like the disparity, and I'm not short. Oh, I mean, look at the little fella doing basketball look at the commentary. Fella. <laughs> yeah, like, but I mean, she was like a good six, seven, eight inches taller than me, like on the court. I'm mm. like, there's nothing you can do about that. Nope, there's nothing you can do, James. Just stand there and talk <laughs> Kings basketball. That's all you can do. Um, you guys talking about the offensive end? Friday, it felt like what we saw from the Kings, a lot of it happened on the defensive end. Of course, fourth quarter Fox will get the highlights, rightfully so. Uh, 23 points in the fourth quarter, 34 on the night. But it was really that night that the Kings had being able to create some separation. One, to be able to take the lead back from Phoenix and then create some separation. I think it was a lot of due to a lot of defensive stuff they were doing in the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, they really limited uh, Devin Booker. And mm-hmm. it wasn't one of those games which was like, okay, if this guy beats us, he beats us. That's not what they did. They said, no, no, we're going to take you. We're going to try to take you away or make your life really difficult. So I thought they did a nice job of defending Booker without fouling. Um, you know, I thought Keon Ellis played really well. He won the won the defensive player of the game. He had he had a bunch of shots too, so he ended with ten points. But overall, like this this team does have defensive potential as a team as a unit and especially against a team missing Kevin Durant and you know, you can keep going not only were they missing Bradley bill, but Grayson Allen, mm-hmm. like these are all offensive weapons. They help space the floor and everything else. And if it's just going to be Eric Gordon and, and uh, Devin Booker really coming at you, that's not that difficult to, you know, sort of defend the court. So I thought it was surprising that they went down big at half uh, like were they fifty nine fifty at half, mm-hmm. but then rallied very quickly, and then like you could tell one team didn't have the horses, and the other one did. So they look good. How Lots did of you, contributions. How did you um, kind of look at that game on Friday night? I know a lot of people were frustrated, at least you know in real time, were frustrated with the game being as close as it was for a little while. Um, and I looked at it simply as like they they got the win. A lot of the times in situations like that, the the Metsus, guys who don't play often, they're going to be playing really hard to make sure they, you know, show out for the coach or for the league or something like that. And then I also said, how many times, and James, you definitely know about this because you sat there and watched all of them, how many times did a bad Kings team hang with a Warriors team for three and a half quarters until they said, we're done playing with them and we're going to win this game now? It happens. When you're a good team, those things happen. I think the Kings are a good team. You're going to have, you know, two and a half quarters of, hey, this team's kind of close, 
and then you step on the gas and create that separation. That's how I looked at that game on Friday. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, like, look, I when you're going into that game, I think everybody had a little bit of a hangover after losing and getting bounced out of the tournament. Mm. So it's not a game that you really are like excited to play. But at the same time, there's a tremendous amount of value to that game, right? So I know a lot of people are out there like, oh, well, Minnesota got to play the Spurs. Well, okay, they're never going to tie the Spurs and and need that win. Mm. All of a sudden, you have an extra game now where, like, if you get this thing going and all of a sudden you you beat them a couple of times, like twice, now you got a three to two advantage or or four to one advantage because you play the Suns five times now. So if I'm the Suns at this point, I'm like, hey, why do we have to play the Kings? Because I think that was the biggest conversation coming into it. Like, first of all, it's a tweak that has to be made. Like the Kings and the Suns both should have played really teams that got bounced out of the tournament were low seeds. They should have had to travel. Those other teams should have had to travel to the Kings and to the Suns. Like, I don't care about the disparity of home and road. That doesn't really matter. What matters is that the Kings should play a team that didn't fare as well in the tournament as the game come when you get eliminated. You should not, unless they're going to make a consolation bracket and you actually get something for it. Mm. So, but at the end of the day, I, I really do think that this is, it's a really high quality win. It's a win against the, the uh the sun's at like the right time because mm-hmm. of course Kevin Durand is out. Mm-hmm. So I mean those are things that you have to think of. Like you might not you could lose to them four more times. But you got one on them. Now you know you can beat them and you when they start adding in their other pieces, hopefully by that point the Kings are playing better and, and can handle it. Because of the Pelicans game, is the bro is it still for it's forty one forty one, right? Yeah. Because they had the home game and then the, the with with the Pelicans and then the mm-hmm. Phoenix one was away. Ended up working out. So it ended up working at forty one and forty one. Yeah, is the, that right? Do I have that right? Yeah, I think the the teams that, that won. Okay, let me think. The Lakers, I believe, might have an extra because both of their in season tournament games yeah. were home. So now they have an extra home game on the season. So they'll be forty two and forty on the road. And, now, and someone will lose a road game. Now that I but they only game. played one, right? Because yeah. wasn't the other one in Vegas? Yeah. Oh no, that's true. That now that I think about it, the reason why, and that may be the reason why the Kings had to go on the road, regardless. Yeah, that's 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 because that's what you, I was trying to work. Well, through. no, it, you it's, got the home game yeah. in the in the quarterfinals, and Phoenix, Phoenix had a road was on game. the road, so to to match up, yes. they had to be at home. The Lakers won. You guys, if they would have lost, you guys both would have been at on um, at home. But the Lakers got the higher seed, so maybe that's why you had to go. No, totally. That's what it was. Yeah, the Lakers would have. That's why the Kings were always going to be on the road because the Lakers had a higher seed, and if the Kings would have played them, they both would have lost. Um, and then the Suns, even though they both lost, the problem there was that the Suns had already played on the road. Kings had already played at home, so they they kept it balanced. Like I, I, I get that. done, even though they never answered our even questions. Even though they never <laughs> they never acknowledged us. <laughs> well, the answer is you play these teams five times now. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's all we were asking. That's all. <laughs> it's literally yeah. all we were asking. <laughs> How come no one could just say, yeah, you'll play the Lakers five times. You'll play the 
Suns five. Sons Whoever five it winds five. up being, you might if you might you might have to play them five times. Yeah, it's a lot. As long as it's not the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah. Play the Pelicans five times. That loss looks so much worse given how bad the Pelicans were. And then the fact the Pelicans were like a joke after that. Mm. Like it was a whole weekend leading into today of just Zion jokes. And then the Ingram Zion clip circulating from the podium about what they do in Vegas if they won. <laughs> Them dudes beat the Kings. Mm. I think uh, it was Aiki from uh, Sacktown Royalty. Everyone, Aegis from Sacktown, mm-hmm. well, from the Kings Herald, right? He said that the the Kings, the Lakers, and the Pelicans are Rochambeau. Like one's rock, one's paper, one's scissors. They all beat each other in some way, but they can't, like, paper can't beat scissors. So, <laughs> but paper can. So, if the Kings are paper, they can, the Lakers would be rock, but the Pelicans are scissors. And then oh. the rock smashes the scissors. So, they can beat the Pelicans, but you know what I mean? So, yeah. it's like a never ending cycle of, of people. I, I thought it was a funny way to think of it. It's just a bad matchup. I think the Kings are a better team than the Pelicans. But they're a worse matchup, and I think that if the Kings play the Pelicans in a seven-game series, they'd be in a ton of trouble. Like I, I would, I would go Pelicans in six. Like that, if I had to guess right now, but we're, that's not where we are right now. And by that time, the Pelicans could have four hundred games missed due to injury, because that's who they are. Well, that's certainly possible. We'll come back. We'll talk more Kings basketball. I want to go back again, if we could, to Friday's game, because I want to talk about Keon. Malik and Sasha, I want to talk about the way that the bench uh, has played for Sacramento. So we'll talk more with James Ham ahead of tonight's Kings-Brooklyn Nets game at the Golden One Center. With either one Casey return here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Back here with now. James. Song. We took that song. We took your songs. We took your heart. <laughs> we took your winning season. It's over. It's over for Philly thought it was just a game on the road to the bigger goal. <laughs> no, we, we, we're collecting souls. On no, the now road. He's, okay. Now he's okay. We're collecting trash. souls. Okay, got you. All right. Well, uh, Kenny's collecting souls. I'm here with James Ham. Uh, <laughs> Kings and Nets tonight uh, at the Golden One Center. Of course, Kings get the win on Friday against Phoenix. I don't want to leave that Phoenix game just yet because another thing that stands out outside of Fox's performances in the fourth quarter, another thing that stands out, uh, outside the collective uh, defensive effort in the third quarter is the way that the bench played. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, it's led by Malik Monk, so we'll be watching his status for tonight really closely. But two really big games for Keon Ellis and Sasha Vazenkov. KC asked a, a, a question earlier, and I think there might be some evidence to this, that you know, does it appear that Sasha might be finding his, his NBA rhythm here a little bit? I, I think so. I mean, the fact that he had three steals, that he had two assists, he he really hasn't been passing the ball yet. Like, you see him every time he gets a ball, he's ready to hoist, and he doesn't care where he's at. He can be, like, in Linda. He's, like, ready to fire. <laughs> so, like, I, I think that that's, that's sort of, like, the next iteration of him is calming down and just playing the game. And he's up to, you know, 20 minutes, 18, 20 minutes a game here for the last... I don't know, I'd say a week or so where he's playing more and he's earning his minutes and he's playing better defensively. And, you know, when he's hitting his three, it just adds another element. But because again, he's spacing the floor so well, 
they're not short threes. They're not they're not easy ones. And so between I, I think that what they'll do here is between him and Trey Lyles are gonna have moments where one of them is hot and kind of has a moment and takes over a little bit in that second unit. But the fact that you have multiple guys like that that can do what they're doing, that can hit, you know, three or four shots, go get six rebounds in a game, that's really big. I, I think it does add another element because that number for, for Monk, 13 points, six assists, that's kind of who Monk is. You know, it's 13 to 16 points. Sometimes it goes a little higher, but the six assists, four to four to six assists, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a, you're writing in his numbers in pen, but then to get these other numbers, and again, might be one of, one of them, might be the other, but him and Trey Lyles, between Sasha and Trey Lyles, they're really, I think, playing well. And then anytime you get a performance like Keon Ellis had, where it's a really, really concise 10 points, and it doesn't feel forced, and he's not in the way on the offensive end now. He's actually moving where he's supposed to move, and he's shooting the ball really well. Uh, that's just huge because he brings so much energy and, and like impact on the defensive end. Yeah, I, I mean, we were talking about Sasha a little bit, but just speaking on Keon, I mean, that's that's the performance you're looking for from him, you know, where, where your impact – his impact is felt on that game. He ended up scoring 10 points or whatever, but he was also, you know, working on the defensive end and doing things there to impact the game, and that's what you want from him. I mean, Damien asked the question earlier. I mean, is this just what it is now? Like, the, the a lot of the, the minutes are going to go to Monk for, you know, that guard spot, but it seems like Keon is going to get the rest of the minutes over Davion, and if that's the case – that's all you're really looking for for Keon, in my opinion, is just have your impact felt on that game, and he did that on Friday. Yeah, well, and you have to be a threat to shoot the ball, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I think that that's been the biggest problem with Davion is that, like, a lot of times you don't feel like he's just going to catch and shoot, and it's we've talked about it so many times about just being like kind of a square peg and round hole. I don't think he's a bad player, and in all honesty, I think he's probably a, a better player than Keon overall, but. Keon is bringing something different and he brings just an energy and a moxie to the court that the Kings need. I mean, if you have two of them, you have him and you have Monk coming in with sort of this personality. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really big for the team. And I'm going to bring up this weird stat on the year. So again, for the season, Keon Ellis is averaging 2.2 three point attempts per game, right? He's only averaging 2.8 total field goals per game. So 0.6 shots per game come at the from within two uh, a two point range. He's shooting 87.5 percent from two point range, mm. and I bring this up because he's doing his job. He's not doing anything extra. He's not doing anything crazy. He's not trying to take people off the dribble and do something silly. Every once in a while, he has a pull up jumper. Every once in a while, he gets out on a break and scores a bucket. But what you're not seeing is a player who's forcing anything. And eventually that his three-point number, it's going to come uh, right up to, you know, 35 36%. Again, he shot really well last year and uh, at the G League level. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was really well. And, and the key to Keon Ellis is always going to be that this is exactly who he was in college. You're not asking him to do anything else. You bring energy, you play defense, you shoot open threes. That's your job. If every once in a while you can get out on a break and run, that's that's it. Outside of that, your job is very small. This is exactly who you are. And go play the role that has made Bruce Brown a bunch of money and 
a lot of other players like that. Just go do the dirty work and and don't get in the way and play solid defense and you'll keep earning minutes. Is there a stat or number that you particularly like to keep an eye on? Like Will always has like swing stats of the night. Uh, KC looks at uh, made threes. I look to I like to look at the assist total. Is there a, a number that you kind of zero in on as the game goes along? Yeah, I think assist totals, what you talk about, it's mm-hmm. something that if they're not moving the ball, I see it like right away. Mm-hmm. And then the the stats always show it out. So and and the other games where the ball is hopping and you feel it, like this team has had, you know, ten made baskets in the first quarter and nine of them are assisted like midway through the quarter and you're like, Holy cow. Like you can't stop a team that's doing that. So I think when they're moving the ball and they're playing with that type of flow that's when you know that they're going to be really good, when they're going to have a good night. Is, is that something that fluctuates for you? Like is it matchup dependent or is it just this is how they have to play basketball? No, it's not matchup dependent. It's that if they're sharing and they're hitting their open shots. So, so again, the assist number directly correl- correlates to your three-point number. Mm-hmm. Like if I know they're not hitting their three-point shot, I know that – you know, their assist number is going to be low. Mm-hmm. Now, the assist number might not be low compared to how many shots they've they've uh, they've taken. So you could have the assist number be at like eight, and they've only made like 10 baskets, but they're 10 for, you know, 27 or something. <laughs> they're not shooting the ball well. And you know that, t- but typically when a team isn't passing the ball well, you see it in a lot of aspects of the game. When they're not moving the ball and you have a lot of selfish player, or you... You just don't, like, the ball gets sticky. Like, we've seen that with this team. Not all that often, but, mm-hmm. like, on occasion. And, I'm you know, when you've covered a team for so long, I've seen so many different iterations of the team that, again, the assist number to me is always, like, a really good barometer for who and what they are on that, uh, on that night. And you have three legitimate playmakers at this point between mm-hmm. De'Aaron and Domas and Malik. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to move the ball, and what Malik has been doing, both with that second group and is when his time when his time overlaps with the starters, which is a lot, mm-hmm. has really been incredible. Incredible, and it feels like over the last few games between what he's done and De'Aaron's done, it's like Domas has just been quietly doing what he does. Like we've marveled at De'Aaron's performance against Phoenix. Even talk about what this bench has done. Meanwhile, I think it was fifteen and seventeen. I think it was fifteen, seventeen, and five. Uh, for Domas on Friday, just yeah. oh, just regular work. Yeah, it's just what you expect of him. Yeah, easy peasy. Just go out there and grab seventeen rebounds. Yeah. Um, when it comes to Monk, like that's who you brought up originally. There, I, I mean, Monk is just playing so incredibly well. He's not shooting the ball well from two, uh, but from three, he's shooting a career high like forty two point four percent. He also averaging a career high four point seven assists. Um, his minutes per game are all the way up to 25.1 as opposed to 22.3 last year. So we're seeing Mike Brown. And I would say that even though his minutes are up like three minutes per game, his shots are only up 0.7. So it's not like he's going out there and doing crazy things. Mm-hmm. He's just improved, especially as a three-point shooter. It's something that like I, I really think he's done a great job of improving as, as a shooter as time has gone by. Um, what I like about this, though, is Mike Brown has has a job to do. And that's basically to pitch Malik Monk this entire season that this is the right place for him and the right job for him. And 
it's not easy because, you know, Malik might want more, but at the end of the day, this is probably a perfect situation for Malik, unless he's going to be like a starting point guard for some team that plays a, a style that just gives him like carte blanche to do whatever he wants. And I, and I man, you got to be, I, I don't think you have to be that great of a salesman. I think Malik, we talked about it before, as long as, you know, they're, they're showing respect with the, the type of contract they offer him, I think he'll stay. But the guy, like you said, it got to be in his ear to be like, this is it. This is, this is how you become, um, you know, a, a person in the NBA that name can last for a long time. I'm not saying you're a Hall of Famer, but, you know, a Ginobili, Vinnie Johnson. We talk about Vinnie Johnson to this day yeah. because of what he did for championship winning teams. Same with Jamal uh, Crawford, Jamal same with Crawford, Lou Williams. Lou Williams. Like, this could be who you are in this league or – and no disrespect to him, he's paid well and he's still a good ball player. You could be Tony Rozier. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think Monk is, you know, the type of guy that understands that and understands um, what goes on uh, in a person's career that allows them to ascend to another place, being in playoff games and having playoff moments and things of that nature, that he could get that best right here in Sacramento. Did you mean Terry Rozier? Terry Rozier, Who not Tony. Say? You said Tony Rozier, and I was sitting here like... Tony. Yeah, I heard it right away. Yeah, I don't want to correct I him. looked it up. I was like, I don't know who Tony Rozier is. It's Terry. That's where I said Terry. Scary Terry. Yeah. yeah, like, in all honesty, I think that there's going to be a point where, again, he's, he's going to have to make a decision. And if you've put him in a situation where he understands that you that he's been allowed to build because he's talked about like Mike didn't trust me. Right. But now the trust is there. Mm -hmm. And if you allow him to continue to grow, there's nothing that says he can't average 17, 18 points a game coming off the bench for the Sacramento Kings. There's nothing like he has that kind of potential. He has that kind of green light. You might not get that green light anywhere else, or you might get that green light, but like, do you want to go be Jordan Clarkson? I know he would like Jordan Clarkson money, not Jordan Clarkson, Jordan uh, Poole. Do you want to go no, be Jordan Poole? No, you don't want to be Jordan Poole. Well, no, no, you don't want to But that's, that. that's the thing, though. Like, if you want to say, hey, Mug. Don't like, ever be Jordan Poole. Yeah, you never go full Jordan Poole. Thank you. you. There's no coming Thank back. You. Yeah, but my point is that, like, okay, you got a whole bunch of money. And I'm sure Malik, if he's offered 17 point something to start from the Kings, if he's offered a four-year 80 versus a four-year 130, like, he has to do what's right for him, mm -hmm. right? But do you want to go be that guy mm -hmm. who just doesn't play for winning, who doesn't play, who's just putting up stats, empty stats on a horrific team, and the game doesn't even look serious anymore? Like, they're just, like, every game, now we know what Buddy Hill meant when he said we tricked that game off. Like, they trick every game where you're just watching, you're like, <laughs> this isn't even serious. Mm-hmm. Like you guys are just out there having a great time, getting stomped by twenty every game. Like that's not fun. Wizards will be here one week from today for that's those that are the Wizards. Yeah, for those that are interested. Oh yeah, they'll be here one that's week a, from today. Of course, last year, uh, the great Christmas debacle that was the Washington oh, Wizards. Oh man, game. we'll never forget that one. I, I certainly won't. Now, now, if I if we pull off the Christmas outing again, it's the Wolves on Saturday night. It's the Timberwolves on the 23rd. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's a tough one to try and 
uh, yeah. see the hey, beam on. Well, I mean, if you brought him to Washington and it didn't work, <laughs> hell, like, hell, let's bring him against the top team in the West. Maybe things will go better this time. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about Brooklyn tonight? I think it's a really good team. They're really good from behind the arc. Mm. They uh, they lead the league in three-point percentage, and they're like third in attempts or third in makes. Like They're really, really dangerous from outside. They're also a really good rebounding team. So this is a long athletic team. We've seen the Kings struggle against some long athletic teams, but they they remind me a lot of um, of Cleveland, where they're long and athletic, but they're really, really like thin, like lightweight guys. So I think this is a game where Domas could have a huge night. Uh, you know, they, Nick Claxton is a very good player. He's averaging like 2.4 blocks per game, and he's only playing like 27 minutes. Mm. He's averaging almost 10 rebounds a game. If you let him loose, he's going to cause some problems. But then it's a lot of like perimeter shooting, a lot of long rebounds. This is a game where you need everyone on board. Um, this is a, to be honest, this is a game you have to have. Like we talked about this last year, and I went and looked this this morning while we were on the show. You know how many times the Kings got to four games over five hundred and couldn't get the fifth win to move five games over five hundred, and then once they did, like they never looked back. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they were at nine games over five hundred, like right away. Mm-hmm. That's what you need right now. Is this team has a, has a winnable game in front of them? It's a it's a tough opponent, and it's a quality opponent. But it's a game where you're at home. You're six and three at home on the season. You need to keep pushing that record at home. And you got to take care of business. That's the first night of a back-to-back. And, and then what you... Back-to-backs have not gone great this year. Exactly. You also... The second thing you need to do is you need to lock the locker room door after the whole team, except for Mikhail Bridges, leaves and just have the, the Brooklyn Nets fly away and leave Mikhail Bridges <laughs> in your building and he's now on your team. Because that's, that's, that's how it works. When it you is. get left behind in your building. It become, is. He needs to get on the wrong flight and be in go. L.A. playing the Clippers... Yeah. Uh, the next night because that right there is like the perfect fit. And if that is too much, I agree, which is the perfect fit. They'd be on Mitchell in a draft pick. That's the number one <laughs> option for sure. It. But if you can't do that, Cam Johnson? Cam Johnson? Yeah, yeah. I, either did one. Did Cam sign? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but Mikhail like Bridges is yeah, like. Yeah, Mikhael, come on now. We're yeah. talking, we talking them real banners. Yeah, Mikhail. Get Mikhail here. Yeah, Mikhail's. He's gonna be an Olympic gold medalist. He's 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 that dude to me. Yeah, it's like how what does it cost? Like what is the cost that you want to charge me? Shohei Atani. And and the other thing too with Mikhail. <laughs> Mikhail is he's got one of those silly Demonis Sabonis uh OG and Anobi contracts. He makes twenty one point seven, twenty twenty three point three, twenty four point nine. Like they're never gonna trade him just because he's so inexpensive, but man, if you like, you give up three first round picks and whatever else, like okay, he could be a a really good third on a championship team. You build around him, in my opinion. Yeah, that's why. Oh no, I think that that's what they'll do. I don't think Brooklyn's. Yeah, and they're good enough right now. Yeah, they are. I mean, three straight wins. I think we said. They had kind of like lingered around that 500 mark for a while, maybe just below the 500 mark, and uh, 
they've kind of kind of gotten themselves going a little bit. Yeah. I could see Cam Thomas. He doesn't pass at all, but no, man, he can not at all. he can fill it up. Pacers are going to trade for him. Oh. I just made that up. It just seemed like a perfect fit. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Him and uh, Buddy and Benedict Mathis just fighting each other for the best. If it's the death lineup, what lineup is that? Yeah. We've had the death lineup, (laughs) then we have that lineup. The death to your season lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Solid gold lineup right there. Death to our hopes of the playoffs. How how bad did you guys get on uh, Patrick Mahomes for his, like, Stomping oh, he was around, a little bitch. Yeah, like, like, that was stop ridiculous. it. Like, what are you doing? Like, and how many times is Kadarius Tony going to cost you a game? Well, leave it, him alone. Yeah, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Like, yeah. I heard you talking about but, cut him. He should have been cut week three. Let oh, yeah. him, let him cook. Okay, for the record, it's twice. <laughs> it's, it's twice so far. I think it's three times a season that he's impacted your ability to win. Three? Yeah, because he dropped a couple of balls in another game. But the one, one game where it was like so wide open, like uh, yeah, he that, dropped that it. one was he, tough. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's nervous because I think he's, I think both of these games Taylor's been at. Maybe he's a little shook up by this whole thing. Maybe I wouldn't be nervous yeah, at all if Taylor Swift was in attendance. Wouldn't, it wouldn't move me one. Well, way I know other. who you you know who you would be nervous because I I can't believe they were in the suite together was Baron Corbin. <laughs> Baron Corbin, look up Baron Corbin's Twitter account. He's got a picture with him and and Taylor Swift and a couple other people in the suite at the game. Like, bro, what the hell are you doing there? Casey's there. Can you guys believe Broke Baron Corbin's here? He's winning. (laughs) I guess he is. Yeah. Uh, I guess he is. Well, uh, we got Kings basketball tonight, Kings and the Nets. Make sure you're tapped in tomorrow morning uh, with the Insiders beginning at 10 a.m., not only for a full recap of the Kings and the Nets. Of course, we've got two Monday night football games tonight as well, and uh, we've got a week's worth of PS5s to give away. The only way you can win those is to lock in uh, on the Insiders. Uh, So whether that's through YouTube, Twitch, whether that's through the Odyssey app or 1320 AM, make sure that you're tapped in with us beginning tomorrow uh, at 10 AM, and we'll see you back here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Vamos, Kings, light the beam. Everybody's choosy about something. It might be your favorite snack. Two scoops of Rocky Road, please. Your style. Those earrings look amazing on you. Or the things you like to do with your best friend. (laughs) You can be choosy when it comes to getting a COVID-19 vaccine, too. If you're thinking about getting an updated vaccine, there's more than one type available. You can find out more at wedovaccines.com. This message was brought to you by Novavax. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.